0: mm mm-hmm.
1: Welcome, everybody, to the Pot podcast. My name is CJ, and with me is my hetero life mate, Rico.
2: Yo, everybody. How are you today?
1: All right, Rico. What's going on, brother? Oh, God. You don't even <laughs> really want to get
2: started, dude. That good? Oh, my dude. I mean, honestly, like, I'm down to talk about it, but I don't want to deviate from the special guest we have today.
1: You mentioned we have a special guest today, Rico. I want you to let everyone know who's here with us. Uh, the one,
2: the only, Stephanie.
0: Hi, Steph.
3: How are you, baby? I'm doing okay. Getting over being sick. Still have a cough, but mostly, mostly good. (sighs) Hi, guys.
1: How are you, CJ? I'm good. I'm good. It's, it's, yeah, it's been a long weekend, but, um, good.
3: Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand it. All
1: right. So
2: So, so as we all know, originally this was sort of an homage and and inspiration to Kevin Smith and his podcast. So that brought me and CJ together. Yep. And Stephanie and I got together through not Kevin Smith, but we figured a really good first conversation um, would be to discuss If Kevin Smith influenced her and how she feels about him on the whole, not his whole, but just on the whole, uh, (laughs) as well as his films. And if CJ and I are talking about Kevin and and the whole gang, if it bothers her incessantly, or if she is enjoying it.
1: And let's just be real. We're going to deep dive the View Askewiverse. Like, there's things we not talked about in that world. And being that that's the inspiration for our show and our name, eh, maybe we should talk about it. Imagine <laughs> that. Yeah, right?
2: So, so, CJ, why don't you start with your introduction to Kevin Smith, and I, will go, and I will go into mine and go next.
1: Okay. Well, introduction would probably be Clerks, but my... Uh, my really becoming aware of him would be Dogma, honestly. Um Like you, I watched his movies out of order. You Well, not that you watched his, but you tend to watch everything out of order. So I figured sure. that, you know, it's the same idea. Um So I think I, if I recall, I saw Clerks, then Dogma, then I went back and got Mallrats chasing Amy, and then by that point caught up, so I was on board when Jane, and Silent Bob Strike Back came out. Um, And then you move on into the non verse movies. Well, Clerks too, but then you got Zack and Miri and uh, Tusk and Yoga Hosers and Red State and all that stuff. Um, Yeah, the True North trilogy. True North trilogy, yeah, of which Moose Jaws got greenlit, so that's happening. I'm curious to see how that's going to pan out. Um, and Kevin
2: finally released a photo of him in, uh, makeup as, well, not makeup, but, like, research. hair extensions as Silent Bob. Oh, and did he? Yeah, like, everyone's like, Skinny Bob.
1: Yeah, right. Well, I mean, and is that for the reboot or for Moose Jaws? Because they're doing reboot first.
2: For the reboot, because, uh, it's said how to a reboot.
1: Okay. Um... My real love, though, my, my falling into the Kevin Smith world came from podcasts. When he's Not when he started, because he's been doing Smodcast now for like 11 years, I think. And I've only been familiar with podcasts for the last like six. So he'd already been in it for a while when I got involved. But I, um, I was at work. Someone introduced me to the concepts of podcasts because they were listening to them while we were. Because in the job that I had previously, couldn't listen to earbuds while you were working. And now, now I'm in a position where I could. So I asked someone, that I had been listening to music. And as much as I love music, because it is my first love, eight hours of Metallica-style music in my ears, it starts to you know, grate on the brain. So, I asked him what he was listening to, and he said podcast, because I noticed he was laughing a lot throughout the day. And he I he told me which ones he's listening to, which weren't Kevin Smith ones, but and some of the ones I do listen to now, like Joe Rogan, for example. But um, I just went onto iTunes, into the podcast, and started just looking through, and I saw that Kev had one, and being a fan of his movies, I was like, alright, well, I'll check one out. And I forget which one I started with. It was, it was either Smodcast or Fat Man on Batman. It might have even have been Jay and of Bob get old just because I figured Jay and Bob, you know. Um, which I also thought would be interesting because as he says now on a lot of the get Get old episodes, it's not them as Jay and Bob because it would be Jay talking the whole damn episode and Bob not saying a word. Or, you know, Kev not saying a word. But it drew right. me in and I just started falling down the rabbit hole that it is this podcast universe and now I listen to all of them all the time. Um, even the ones that he's not on, like like tell him Steve Dave and um, uh, Last Week on Earth with Last Week on Earth with Ben Glebe, um, shows like that. So that's that's where I'm at with Kev. and that made me go back and read officiate his mo- movies. So that's basically where I you know how I got into Kev Smith is where I'm at and and you know <laughs> to follow the Gospel of Kev. Um, how about you, Rico? Where did you pick it up? Where did you go? All that stuff.
2: I originally was uh, very young. I was ten years old when I, my mother, of all people, uh, took me to see Jay and Saw Bob Strike Back. That Kev would 10. say you have so, a bad mother. <laughs> I have the greatest mother for the worst reasons, and the worst <laughs> mother for the greatest. <laughs> um all right but she, she yeah she someone had uh, shown her probably like dogma or clerks or something um but then she, like, i i had no i had no history i had no background on like kevin smith or jam bob or anything like that so she took her cj and softball strike back which we all joke you know steph cj and 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 they're all my friends joke that i watched it out of order but this wasn't like I didn't intend to do this. I it was just like right. you know, just just like every other fucking movie series, I'm watching shit out of order. It's usually because someone introduces something to me that I had never seen and then I watch them either in order or like periodically. Other people were like, Oh, you saw that one, you should watch this one. And then I'm like, Oh, that's also out of order. But Jalen Solomon Pop Strike Back was probably the the best introduction for me at that age. Because Jane Bob Strike Back is in some ways a glorified kids movie, like it's, oh yeah, it's it's very kid kiddie as well as very profane, and to it wasn't it, like my mom was.
1: I was just saying to put wasn't it like <laughs> we love doing that. To put it in the Kev's terms, it's a mom. It's a joke you can tell you, <laughs> It's a joke you can tell your mom.
2: It is a joke. I mean, it was even weirder. It was a joke I was sharing with my mom. Like That True. was the weirdest thing was like I'm laughing at blow- blowjob jokes with my mother in a theater. Like that was <laughs> yeah, surreal. real. And she, we're both yeah. kind of looking at each other like suspiciously where I'm like coming to the realization. I'm like, oh, my God, she's had a dick in her mouth. And my mom was looking at me like he knows what a blowjob is. I don't like this either. <laughs> like you're 10. I'm like, you're my mom. This is weird. Um, but eventually we, we got past it. And then over the years, you know, I, I, sort of watched them when I watched them. Uh, I would say Clerks, as part of the original vsq series, Clerks was probably the last one apart from Clerks 2. I think I saw Clerks 2 right, in, in theaters, but then I saw Clerks like probably a year or two before that.
1: Well, okay. So I was so, sort of a late bloomer. Right. So let's, let's talk about how his movies are... Just quickly, how they're classified. Meaning that you have what's known as the Jersey Trilogy, even though it's six movies. Um, but it's. Well, I, call, I call it the Universe. Right. I mean, well, and I think it adopted that name, but originally he called it the Jersey Trilogy because mm-hmm. it was, well, originally it was Cleric Small Rats and Chasing Amy, and I think he planned on stopping it there. And then he ended up doing Dogma. Strike Back and Clerks 2. And he again intended to stop it at the end of Strike Back and still did Second Clerks, which I'm glad he did. But the point is, he called that the Jersey Trilogy for a year. So in my heart, and my mind, it's still the Jersey Trilogy up through those six movies.
2: I'm looking at the as now like the V.S. universe, Phase 1 and Phase 2, like Marvel. Yeah, like but what's Phase 2? Phase 2 would be... Dogma, Jay and Bob strike back, and folks Sue.
1: Okay, well, no, if that's your divide, I could see that. I just didn't know. I didn't know if you were. I was afraid you were going uh, Tusk or uh, Red State, Tusk, and uh, Yoga Hosers, which, uh, no. you know.
2: Um, Red State, I would say, would be like his, his Ant Man.
1: <laughs> uh, no, actually, I think it's one of his better non universe movies.
2: I'm not saying it's not bad. I'm saying it's just, well, I mean, Ant is probably a bad choice, but I'm just, I think Red State is probably his best overall film.
0: Yeah, you a bad
2: In terms of comedies, um, I think the funniest, funniest one from is probably you know, J.M. So.
3: Wait, wait a second here. Are you guys knocking down Ant Man? Because I love Ant Man, okay?
1: That would be the one from the MCU that you like. I'm serious. Because I know your issues with the other movies, and that would be the one that you like.
3: Oh, don't get me wrong. I love a lot of them. But Ant-Man okay. is absolutely hilarious. It's like the layman, how, would, how they would normally react if thrust into the situation. And I'm like, finally, someone who's like normal.
1: <laughs> I, I wouldn't say normal, but uh Okay. Well, normal.
2: I, I see what she's saying. Normal in the sense of like, he's like, I'm really small now. Why is this happening? Oh, well, Whereas yeah. Like with Tony Stark, he's like, I'm flying in the air because I know how to do this. Right. You know, or Thor being like, I've got a thunder. I have lightning. Or Ant-Man, she's right. Scott Lang is kind of like, I'm in a drain. How do I get out of this drain?
1: Yeah, I still think the movie you I think you called it in the MCU episode the redheaded stepchild of the of the uh Marvel universe, and I think I still agree. But Um, so we have to set up a challenge they- for ourselves, by the way. We do. We have to set up a challenge for ourselves. We have to do one whole episode where we don't reference Marvel or Star Wars, because it has not happened. By my count, up to this point, I'm not sure, but I'd have to go back and listen. But as of right now, I don't think we've done one where it hasn't come up at least once.
3: Well, why would you want to? I mean, it's part of our current pop
1: culture. That's true.
2: I'll start talking about DC, and I'll try and do it in a positive way. So eventually, uh, after the movies, I just eventually—I was going through a really bad period of my life not that i have ever actually had a good period of my life uh i've had, hey, you're I've got had Steph, that's
1: a good time. period i'm sorry no i am not a few
2: fuckers interrupted me i was going to say i've had i have good moments and good periods in the bad periods
1: so Just basically like um across. like deadpool says where life's a bunch of what what does he say uh, it's a shitstorm with periodic commercial breaks of goodness or something like that yeah yeah
2: i would agree with that Steph, you approve, Steph? She's so right.
1: silent. That's not good.
0: <sighs>
1: <laughs> Looks like you're sleeping silent on the deck tonight, buddy.
2: Oh, if you saw this room, you would be like, okay, where is he going to sleep? Uh, in the same bed, because there's no more room.
1: That's why I said the deck, because um, I figured you'd be outside. Oh,
2: the deck. I, I, I didn't hear the deck part. Um, So... I was going through a bad period because I wasn't with Stephanie. There you happy. Um, and I was depressed and I was going through anxiety bullshit. And, uh, in order to cope with getting to sleep, I was playing, I discovered his videos on YouTube and I had never listened to a single podcast and I was not like savvy or even interested. And then I was listening to his fat man on Batman interviews. Mm -hmm. that he was doing with, um, Mark Hamill and Kevin Conroy and, and, and other random fucking people. And then, so that was my way of like relaxing it was just like going to sleep, draining the battery on my fucking phone by like, having it plugged in and having the like YouTube app open. And like, like I would touch my phone the next day and be like fucking like on fire type of like feeling. So wait, um, let me,
1: let me ask you something. Cause you bring up something and we can, if you'd rather deep dive on it later, we can, but. Batman on Batman specifically is taking a couple of incarnations on from where it started. Um Started with him just talking Batman with the occasional interview. Then it switched to... I mean, the first episode had an interview, but there's some in the middle there that don't have any interviews. And then it became nothing but interviews, but it was still Batman-related. And then it kind of branched into... Like a co-hosting thing with him and Bernardin, which I don't have a problem with. I love Mark Bernardin. He's awesome. I mean, it's a shame they weren't doing it sooner. But do you, which, uh, and then now he they do this live thing all the time at the Scum and Valony Cantina out in LA. So which incarnation do you, because I, I kind of miss the interviews. It's nothing against having Mark. Like if the two of them were interviewing people, I'd be okay with it. But like, I do miss having that, that more intimate uh, interview scenario. Um, originally
2: I love the interview process because I love a good interview. Like I'm a big fan of Inside the Actress Studio.
1: Yeah, I love that show. Yeah.
2: So this was sort of like the Inside the Actress Studio with people that we would never see on Inside the Actress Studio. Right. Like Mark Hamill or, I mean, we would get Harrison Ford, but like. And maybe we'd get like Michael Keaton or George Clooney or, or Christian Bale. but We would never get Kevin Conroy. So this is sort of like the geek actor studio. And that's you know sort of—I I still miss that. And I still enjoy that.
1: You um, know what we should do by the end of the episode? We should do the the P- Bernard Pivo questionnaire.
2: Oh, that's a great fucking idea. Uh, I'll just I can bring yeah, it up. Yeah, we can find well, it online. Just, we, but
1: we should do it yeah, before the that's episode's a great out. Idea. That'd be. That'd be fun. Anyway, so you know what? Um, not to, unless you feel like there's more you specifically want to say, Rico. I'm not trying to cut you off, but we have this guest who's been sitting there quietly, patiently listening to us ramble. What she does anyway? So maybe we should let her talk. What do you think?
2: I think I think in some ways we've been doing her a favor because I know she's not thrilled about. She's excited, but she's also very apprehensive.
1: Well, why? She does the rants with you. This is less exposing, if you ask me. you hear that stuff? (laughs) Uh,
3: Well, I don't know. It depends, because I don't have the back history that you guys have with Kevin Smith, for one. So what? So I started with Dogma. That was my first exposure. My sister showed it to me. We laughed our heads off. And it made me really question religion because it was never really talked about in our house.
4: Okay. So
3: that was really my first exposure, oddly enough, of a t- contemplative discussion about what it is and what it means and how it impacts people and that kind of thing. I'll tell you real Even though real quick, it was in a very joking way. Yes, yeah, um, so I'll
1: tell you real quick. I, when I saw Dogma the first time, I was with a friend who is an atheist, and I had been questioning my religion, and we were in a theater full of people, surprisingly for a Kev movie, let's just be real, but, and... We were laughing our asses off at, at parts of the movie where people were just silent. Like, we were the only two motherfuckers laughing in the entire theater. And I'll never forget that because we were getting looks. Like, Rico, one one episode you mentioned yelling out holy fuck at Star Wars and parents looking at you because there were kids. We were getting that kind of looks even though we weren't yelling holy fuck. So <laughs> it was that. But anyway, stuff. please continue
3: um no it wasn't anything like that we watched it at home uh we were borrowing it from like someone other friend had it on i think vhs at the time (laughs) um and then i saw mall rats on my own which i found actually pretty entertaining it was fun because um i also led a somewhat sheltered life like i always wanted to know what it would have been like to be a mall rat, to always be out with friends, to not be supervised with parents all the time. And and so that, in its own way, was also very entertaining to me. And then, yeah, but then you years and on years some and years later, game show. I
1: saw...
0: Hmm? Family. It looks a little different for everyone. For some, it's mom and dad. For others, roommates who feel like family.
3: Uh, no. And, and then, um, years and years and years, I did see Chasing Amy, which I had forgotten that I had seen it. And then Rico re- re-exposed it to me, and it was like seeing it completely new, because I, I literally forgot, like, how it ended. I forgot everything about it. And I have a tendency to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we re-watched Chasing Amy, and then I had my very first exposure of Clerks, Clerks 2, and James, Lieutenant Bob, and all of that, uh, basically... The, what the the two parts the the Jersey trilogy that you guys have been talking about, I have not seen any of the extended stuff that he's done.
1: Oh, I thought you showed her that stuff, Rico. Um,
2: I had not showed her uh, Tusk or Yoga Hoses or Red State. I want to watch Red State with her. I okay. think that'll probably be our next Kevin Smith film. But she did bring Mallrats, and I just i'm kind of like on the fence of whether i want to rewatch it
1: why well, well, to
2: rewatch
3: it before we had this discussion so then you don't have yeah, to she back.
2: wanted to do it she wanted to specifically do it for homework relation like so she could talk about it for this and i was open to it i just was like i don't really want to watch it right now i i because i think it's it's my least favorite of of his original uh ones it's just it does. It to me, I would call that the Fredo of of his of his movies.
1: I don't know about all that, but
2: uh, of of his Jer- of his Jersey uh, movies. No, no, no. I, right. I
1: I know what um, you were getting at, but uh, I still don't know if I agree. Well, you and I also
2: have very differing point uh, opinions of *Jade Salva Strike Back*. Like, I love it because it was my first introduction. True. Whereas for you, it's like this is. This is just the most toilet humor filled one.
1: Like it's it was not also witty. it was also the campiest. Like I I I do enjoy the movie. I do like the movie, but I feel like he, especially because he had intended to end the universe with that movie, that he just crammed it with every view skewed joke he could get into it to close off the story, and then he ended up not closing off the story, which I I don't have a problem with, but because of that it. It, it is very forced.
2: And I see that. And Steph, I don't think, enjoyed it either. I I think she looked like, I, as I was gut-busting laughing, she, I'm looking at her like, is this shit funny? She's just kind of like, not really.
1: Okay, so real quick to our listeners, a little look behind the curtain. When we do this show, I'm sure you know we do it by Skype, but we do it by visual Skype so Rico and I can see each other. Steph is joining us on that. Steph, if you're going to agree with him, shaking your head or nodding your head doesn't work in an audio medium. Just saying.
3: Hey, I was just letting him talk. Okay.
1: (laughs) You can interrupt him, because if you don't, he'll talk the whole four fucking hours.
3: Well, then let me finish my exposure of Ken Smith.
1: Yeah, Um, Rico, let her finish.
3: You guys were already going off on talking about the movies, and I'm like, hey, wait, I'm not done. (laughs) (laughs) Um... So I had past boyfriends who would listen to his audio, uh, his, um, uh, podcasts and to, to use that to fall asleep, much like how Rico had used it on his YouTube to fall asleep. So I had heard some of his podcasting on my, you know, like with my boyfriends, <laughs> um, In the but it, it's not like I was paying attention and listening in and being interactive with and following them. I always just got spot here or there, like exposure. So that's my extent of having Kevin Smith in my life.
1: (laughs) Okay. And then I think, I think that can be a good thing sometimes because Rico, you and I, we, you know, jumped in feet first and we're deep, you know, like, you know, to to use a have term word, you know, neck, chest, and face all, all over that. You know what I mean? So, yeah, 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 yeah. Where staff? Yeah, we,
2: we, we go ahead. We dove into it, and and I think she sort of got horn swaddled into becoming a fan.
0: Yeah, oh, hey, and-
3: that's not true. I wasn't like pulled in and and like you're gonna like this or or else. You know.
2: I think you like it. I think you now like it more, um, for two reasons. I think you like it more because it is genuinely funny, and, and he and Kevin is genuinely funny. I also think you are you like it because you you started liking it because I liked it.
1: Uh, no. <laughs> okay, well, okay well, then I'm wrong. You are incorrect, <laughs> sir. Uh
3: no, I. I've oh I really always enjoyed Kevin Smith, I just didn't have a lot of exposure. Okay. Like I didn't I didn't purposely seek him out and put him into my everyday life.
1: You That's don't. Not that, that I didn't find him funny.
2: You don't view him as much of as like a religion as CJ and I did and do.
3: That's yeah, fair. that is that is accurate. That is one hundred percent accurate. But it's not that I don't enjoy him, and I do enjoy the movies. And I do enjoy listening to his podcast, but before I had you guys in my life, I didn't actively seek him out and and listen to him every other day. Like
2: So you were sort of just not a Catholic, you were like a you were like a Protestant. Now now we've converted you to the Catholicism. <laughs>
1: Uh, well, and and I'll add real quick, Steph. That a third reason you might like them more now is that eventually it may help pay the bills. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, I need to get that. I need to get those bills for my sex change operation.
1: Okay, okay. Terrible, are you are terrible. you announcing something?
2: Yes, I'm trying to become a dolphin.
1: Aha. Uh-huh. Well, there are detailed instructions online on how to fuck a dolphin, so, you know, we can get you those.
2: Hold on. (laughs) Why do you know there are detailed instructions on how to fuck a dolphin? Because I know someone who knows that. No, no, my second question first. Do you fuck in the blowhole?
1: Oh, I've never read them, so I don't know, but... But you know about them. I know they exist, yes. And I've seen that they exist, but I never read them in detail.
2: Sure. Okay. For the record, I have no interest in sucking a dolphin or turning into one. I was just making a joke about him. Hey, all you dolphin blowers out there. <laughs> yeah, you I not on I, our I ass. like my, my I like my tuna dolphin free, okay?
1: <laughs> okay. So So Steph, have we have we covered your exposure and Interesting, Kevin.
2: Seriously, are are you done talking? We let you talk for like ever. Can we like (laughs) talk for like a second? (laughs) Like you just go on and on and on. Like I love you. I love hearing the sound of your voice. But like, come on, it's you're a guest for Christ's sake.
0: (laughs) Really?
3: (laughs) Yes, we've covered my exposure of Kevin Smith, my background.
2: What, one question though. Um, how do you, how do you feel about him? Do you feel not just his filmography, but how do you feel about him as a man? How do you feel about him as a filmmaker? How do you feel about as an influence to me and CJ? Like, there are positive and negative influences in people's lives that you can just be like, 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 not to fucking beat up a dead horse, but like, I'm a big fucking fan of Sinatra. You're not overly fond of that. Would you look at Kevin Smith the same way as you do Sinatra for me?
3: Uh, No. (laughs) Okay. Answering question number one, how do I see Kevin Smith as a man? Uh, I think he's very inspirational. He's got quite a following, and he does his best to use his position and power for bettering mankind essentially. Like when the whole – a uh, shitstorm happened with Weinstein. He did the best he could to rectify his connection, and is still doing so. Absolutely. And When when he had his heart attack, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, this has been a real eye opener." Hey, fans, I don't want you going through what I went through. And so this is these are the steps I'm taking now to better myself, to get to lose weight, to do do a better diet, to do better this and that. And he's very uh, open about becoming a better person, which is pretty much all I'm about as a person. Like Everything that I try to do is taking a step forward on how do I do something better today? How do I better myself? How do I better someone else? How do I make an impact, an achievement, something to make the world a brighter, better place? Even if that's just telling someone that they're wearing a really beautiful blouse or telling someone, thank you very much, genuinely, thank you very much for opening the door for me. Because it's just, you never know if that's the only thank you they've had all week, all day, ever. You, you, you never know what impact you can give to someone else. And I really appreciate him as a person, not being a celebrity conglomerate and being a person for his fans. So that's yeah. really cool. I like him as a man. As well, a director, I, I don't know why you keep asking me these questions, because I really don't know anything about directing, so um, I think he's fine as a
0: director.
1: <laughs> well, you don't have to like him as a. But to to a Rico's question, it's not so much about direction and knowing about being a director, but especially Kev, he writes. Well, Rico, would you say ninety five percent is a safe number of the movies he directs? Because there's been like one or two that I think he didn't write, but other than that, he writes them he's, all.
2: Yeah, all he's only out of all the films he's directed, he's only. Uh, not written one. He's oh, written is only... every other movie he's done. So it really would be ninety. Yeah, it'd be 99... like ninety-five to ninety-nine percent.
1: Yeah, because all right, a new cop out. I thought there was another one for some reason, but whatever. That's not important. So, but do you like his movies? I mean, and you seem to. So it's not so much about his directing and and knowing things about directors and that kind of stuff. Just but at the bottom line, you enjoy his movie, his sense of humor, and the way he tells a story via the the movie um, medium?
3: Well, I, I've seen more than two. I saw Dogma and Wallrats on my own, but I've also seen Clerks, Clerks to James and Bob, and The Strike Back. So I've seen all the Jersey movies. Right. I haven't seen the non-Jersey ones. Okay. Jersey, um,
2: have you haven't seen Wallrats.
3: No, I have. I've oh, seen Mollarts. Okay. I just didn't I was just wanting to re watch it to remind myself of the plot and the characters
1: in the story. You know. Oh, and, we can fill you in on the plot and the characters in the story. Don't worry about I that. Mean,
3: like, I I haven't seen it since high school or before that. Like, I saw Mollarts almost immediately after I saw Dogma. I mean, it's
1: been so a while. <laughs> so basically, painted on cave walls, is that how you saw? Ouch! <laughs> <laughs> hey, you You open that door, I walk through. That's how we do yeah, things on yeah, S- so,
3: like, uh I am just a little bit younger than dirt. I guess like, my mom is old as dirt. So yeah, I mean, painting cave walls, we can go with that.
2: <laughs> well, hey, if you saw <laughs> but, it. DJ, by that, by, uh, CJ, by that logic, you're older than air.
1: Right. And, and if she saw a painted on cave walls, mine were drawn in the sand with sticks. So, you know, no big deal. Yeah. I saw
2: it on VHS, which still ages me, but not, not that much.
1: Well, to be fair, I saw. I think <coughs> when I saw Clerks, it was on VHS. I'm pretty certain. Because
2: the only one I You told me you saw Clerks in theaters.
1: No, 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 no. I didn't see Clerks in theaters. The first one I saw in theaters was Dogma.
2: I thought you said, because we did a, not to, the jump pilot, on this, but we did, yeah, we did a pilot, which is more or less about what we're talking about, except this version, we're adding stuff to it. Um, it was like pilot 2.0, I guess. Um, but I could have sworn in that episode, you said that you saw the first clerks in, uh, theaters, but, oh, you may have said that you saw a clerks and then you had a beer or something.
1: Afterwards. Yes. Yes. I did have a beer after watching the movie, but it was in my So house. that was at home.
2: Okay. I thought you yeah. would like watch it in the theater and then go to a bar. That, no, that's no, 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 no.
1: I don't think I was old enough to drink at the time. I had friends who were old enough to get the alcohol, but I don't think I was old enough to actually go get the beer. So I couldn't have gone out to a bar and got one if I wanted to. Um, Yes, I'm promoting underage drinking. Everyone should have a beer. Anyway, um... For Christ's sake, CJ. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, you pride yourself on being an Italian, and if you lived in Italy, you'd be drinking wine since you were, like, four, so... That's because it's so drinking age in Italy. Well, okay, but there's the point. I did get drunk in Italy at 13,
2: but that's not four.
1: No, but I'm just saying. Anyway, and I wasn't saying four either. I just said, go have a beer. Um... My first beer was at six. Tisk, tisk, tisk. It was a mistake, I know. but I knew hey. uh,
3: <laughs> Well, I, I, I don't condone uh, of underage drinking to the extent that you guys are talking about having a full drink, <laughs> but I was exposed to all of the different types of liquor that my parents were drinking. They would let us sample it with them. Uh-huh. So the curiosity of what the hell is that? was already taken care of when we were kids there wasn't like i'm 16 and i'm gonna have a beer because it's forbidden for me and it's like i've already tasted what it's like i'm not interested (laughs) like well i I, I approve of parents exposing their children to anything else that they are drinking just so they know what it is and then, then the damaging effects of it being a forbidden thing and a secretive thing with your friends it it totally was negated. I didn't want to do that with my friends. I'm like, you guys are stupid. Why are you drinking this now? Like, I didn't understand it.
2: <laughs> I think what we're all trying to say is, drink, whether you're underage or not, just be safe. Do it in a yes. safe environment. Absolutely. Well, we're condoning drink as much as you fucking want, as long as it's safe and you're not driving. So I agree. if you're 4 to 14 or, or whatever the 40. fuck. 40? Drink, just be safe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And look... If we're actually preaching the word of Kev, for lack of a better description, no one should drink and everyone should smoke weed. So, there you go. You would not
2: want me to smoke weed and then be on camera or on audio because I'd be like, I will actually fuck a dolphin right
1: now. (laughs) Now, I want that episode. I'm just saying. I'll be sober, you be high, we'll do it. I... you think it's easy sober for me to
2: like, like I'll be coughing the entire time and not even be aware of it.
1: Yes, but if it's because you've been smoking the ganj, I'm all for that. That's a different kind of coughing. Anyway, please don't ever. <laughs> we're refer pissing to Steph it as off. I can ganche. see the look. It's so. Okay. Um, uh, okay. I think, I
3: think, wait. Okay.
1: Oh, uh, who's talking?
3: I'm asking. <laughs>
2: Okay, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: (laughs) Okay, I think I have covered the first two parts of that three-part question, and I know you asked me a fourth thing, but what was the third part of the question about Kevin Smith? After, how do I look at him as a director? The other
2: question was, has he influenced you personally?
3: Not to the extent that he's influenced you guys, but he has... had me raise questions, especially with the dogma. And he, he you know, intellectually, I have found that uh, his humor kind of matches mine, except for the Jay and Silent Bob stuff. It doesn't match my humor at all. I, I don't appreciate that kind of uh, humor. <laughs>
1: Jay and Bob are an acquired taste. You either like them or you don't. It's really what it no. boils down to.
3: I like Silent Bob as a character. I don't like Jay.
1: I can see that. I, I mean I don't agree, but I, I see it. I I don't
3: I don't like Jay because um even though he's trying to be really protective of Silent Bob, he's really abusive.
1: Oh yeah. There's no doubt. Yeah, 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 yeah. And
3: I just really don't I've been in abusive relationships and I don't appreciate people doing that where they're a negative influence on someone else, even when they don't intend to be. It's just, I I just, from personal exposure to it, I'm not cool with that. Now, so I that's can, why I really don't like Jay.
1: I can get that. And uh, you kind of just touched on something I was going to ask you, because or bring up anyway, because I I don't think he's even aware of how abusive he is. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not, yeah. it's not he doesn't, he doesn't
3: know that he's doing it, but it's, he is, yeah. like, really negative to Simon Bob.
1: Right. And I kind of did that to Rico in an episode because he calls them lunchbox a lot. And I never knew what the men, so I called him lunchbox on the one episode. I did apologize for it, but still, because apparently it's a fat joke. Um, so, Steph, my question to you would be because Rico just asked you a bunch, would be of the ones who've seen, so we know we're, we're right now cutting off by my count cop out Zach and miri and the true north trilogy am i sounding about right yes okay so yeah, we'll of play. the ones you've seen which one's your favorite because i don't think you touched on like having a f-
4: i'm not saying you have to love football we all have different likes and dislikes people personally i'm not a fan of the avocado i just don't like the mouse people. Someone who loves football? I mean, truly loves it well. My sports book app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you.
0: Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat on confidential and toll free helpline at 1 888 532 3500. See, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Favorite? Mm mm.
3: I haven't touched on having a favorite. I would have to say, um,. Probably Clerks, the first movie, with um, Chasing Amy, as a very close second. I really okay. enjoyed those two a lot. Okay. And then I put Dog. I would put Dogma third, and Clerks two, then the Jane yeah. Silence. Time
1: Bob, yeah. Um, so real quick, Dad brings up another question. Sorry, Rico. I'm taking this one. Um, is I've. Have you seen On Your Own, or has Rico shown you the alternate ending to Clerks? And if so, what do you think of it? No. Okay, so Rico, do we... <laughs> I don't think he's... I, I, don't, I don't think
3: I've seen it.
1: Do we spoil it for her, or do you want to show it to her? Okay, we spoil it for I'll her. Stop. All right. Rico's doing a lot of miming tonight. <laughs> um, because I, I had the mic on. No, no, I get it. Um, For, for those... Paying attention. Rico and Steph are in very close proximity, so we're trying to eliminate the overlap vocally. So your patience as listeners to something that's not normally our normal format to a degree. Anyway, um, yeah, so, uh, what was I say? Oh, so the ending to Clerks, The original ending to clerics, and they've changed it, was, How well do you remember the movie? Because I know you said you don't remember them all that well. Do you remember Clerks well or no?
3: Uh, Let's see. Clerks ended with the fire.
1: No. No. Clerks 2 started with a fire. There was no... Yeah.
3: Clerks ended with uh, the fiancé issue, right? Mm,
1: Sort of. But that's not at the end. the very end of it, I'll I'll just tell you because it'll be easier for you. Is clerks or Randall? Randall's out of the store, throws the uh-huh. "We're open" sign back at Dante, and he just goes behind the counter, puts it down, and it kind of fades to black. Or it, it fades. Does it fade back to the back of the store, Rico? I don't remember. No. Okay. No. Um, but it just fades no, it's out. A, it's a, sea- a quick cut. Yeah, it's a quick cut. I thought so, because I remember at what the happened? end. of... <laughs> Go ahead, Rico.
2: What happens is, is uh, they they sort of work their shit out. They apologize to each other because they had a big fight. Right. And then Randall, they, they, he cleans up with him sort of like as an apology. And then he walks out. He's like, are you going to work tomorrow? Same time, same place, blah, blah, blah. And then Randall walks out, walks in. He's got the uh, giant tarp, I assure you, rear open sign. Throws it out of him and says, you're closed. And then it
1: cuts. It cuts right. Yeah. Okay, the original ending, he throws the tarp at him, same things happen, but instead of it cutting there, Dante goes back around the counter, gets behind the counter, you hear someone open the the door, and walk over to the counter, and it turns out to be a robber, and he shoots and kills Dante, dead, right there, and then cut. And that's the original ending of Clerics.
2: Yeah, he uh, grabs some money uh, on the register and then runs out.
1: Okay, yeah, right. Right, right. I did forget that. But yeah, and then, and, and that's it. so Dante gets killed. And they uh-huh. tested that a bunch. And everyone was like, no. <laughs> so they, they re-edited it and cut it where they cut it. Basically just cut that part off and went to black. And that's clerks that we have now. So the original ending. Um, and if if I've heard Kevin say this, and Rico, back me up if you've heard it. He wanted the empire ending the ending on a down note. That was the point of ending Clerks the way that he ended it originally.
2: Uh, I agree, and he to further that that theory or that claim. Uh, he point blank talks about how you know Empire was a better movie because it ends on a down note they have a whole discussion about Star Wars so he almost gave us an easter egg for what was going to come but ended up not not happening and fuck man thank thank fuck he didn't because if he had done that it may have just closed off the whole franchise without him even being aware but because he said you know it was still open I mean we still would have had every other character he sort of I mean Jaden Silent Bob would have been the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of The View Askew. Right. Um, but there would never have been a Clerks 2. There never would have been scenes of of Dante and probably Randall because you really sh- you can't have a movie just Randall or just Dante. It's got to be the two of them to, you know, they're a comedy team. Just like no one wants to see a movie of just Jay or right. of just Simon Bob.
1: Right, and, and so, that's why they're not making Clerks 3 because Jeff Anderson jumped out.
2: Which I'm pissed about because, yeah. like, it took a lot of convincing to get Jeff Anderson to be on board for Clerks 2. And then he, like, he loved it overall. Like, he get, went back into the groove. He remember, He knew he was off book by, like, the second day. And, like, that made every other actor, including, like, Rosario Dawson and, like, you know, whoever else was – someone, you know, someone else in that movie – they're all like oh shit we have to like step up our game like this is this is jeff's already off book um so i don't understand why he is he is so adamant about not doing another one especially since this is supposed to be the actual ending and whereas this is going to be about him primarily it's going to be his story well now you can't do it with fucking elias the fucking you know christian lord of the rings geek It just doesn't, you know, no one wants to fucking see Dante and Elias.
1: Well, and and my theory would be that that he, the actor, is not comfortable carrying the movie, even though he has in the last two, but he hasn't done it as the lead. Dante's always kind of been the lead, and he's, I mean, he's right there, but Dante's the lead. The way Kev talks about it makes it sound like that Randall would be the, The main, the the lead, and Dante would be the supporting role in this one.
2: I would argue that Clerks Two, even though the central story is about Dante, that Randall is the lead.
1: I know I would too, but with it not written, yeah, I totally
3: agree with that one.
1: Yeah, but the way that it's written, it doesn't. Trying to get, I'm trying to, I'm not getting my point across right, and I apologize, but. It's not written in a way that it's a lead. The way that it got right. made, it is, and so it it might be even more frightening to Jeff Anderson to read it as a lead and go, "I've got to carry this movie." Whereas, with uh, Clerks Two, to your point, he carried it just by nature, like it wasn't. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right, he I carried mean, it
3: because he was he carried it because he was the dominating friend, even though the story was all about Dante the, the written-down story, Randall's character is very manipulative on Dante. Exactly. And so he is the dominating half of the friendship.
1: But not in that and way he that you... He just
3: naturally, he just naturally t- took over the, the movie. like
1: Right, but not in the way that you don't like what Jay does to Bob, because it's a different dynamic. Would you agree? Uh,
3: it is a different dynamic, but I... <laughs> it, it not but it's, it's to a different degree, but it's the same. It's the same that Randall is, is very manipulative.
1: Okay. That's I fair. don't,
3: I think that as a person, Randall is very selfish and oh, yeah. he, he gets away with shit, which bothers me because <laughs> I'm a very selfless person. Okay. And so, but I understand that those kinds of friendships and I've seen my sister have them and my cousin has them. And it's like, I, I get it. I mean, when you've known each other, you've known each other for your entire life essentially yeah there's there, there's not there's no walking away from that not really there those there are those friendships my cousin has a group of five people and there's one who's the super geek one who's the like somewhat normal guy one who's the absolute asshole that everyone wants out of the group but they will never kick him out because they've known each other since they were five and one who's kind of the slow one then there's my cousin you know, it's like the the five guys that just always hang out together.
2: Steph, which one are you?
1: <laughs> I, I, would, <laughs> I would ask you, though, Steph, and I think it's a valid question, is because I don't disagree with your point, but at the same time, I take you to the jail scene at the end of Clerks 2. Where mm-hmm. he's basically telling him, like, I need you. You're my best friend. I love you. Like,
0: he, mm-hmm. you
1: know. So that is very the other side of the coin, if you will. Where you don't get that with Jane and Bob very often, if at all. So, yeah, that's
3: why I said that it's a different. It's a different degree of him being the jerk of the friendship.
1: But I would because almost. I would almost. He doesn't argue-
3: do. I don't think he does it intentionally either. Well, I would argue that there are certain things that he does, like when he goes on his friend, when they were talking in the car, please complete the scene for me. When they're talking in the car about what's the topic?
1: Well, oh, oh, when uh, the pickle fucker part, when they're coming back from the um, go-kart races. Is that what you're talking yes. about? Yeah, they're talking he about...
3: My, he goes him into confessing something. He's like, yeah, no, I would never have done that. It's like, oh. what the fuck? Oh, you're talking about the like, first
1: one. The first movie where he's no. talking about... I'm not sure which one she's talking about.
2: I know I know what she's doing. She's talking about the first one where they are on their way to the funeral.
1: Yeah, okay.
2: And, and, and he talks about how he tries to suck his own dick. Yep. And how his cousin did that. And how he's like, I never did that. Well, right yeah um but for a split second i thought steph you were about to reference there's a delete there's a short that kevin made with dante and randall that was a short and it was also a deleted scene from Kirks 2 which was same exact type of conversation not the exact plot of the conversation but the same thing where he's talking about like like the it's called the flying car CJ, you know what I'm talking about?
1: No, I don't think I know this, believe it or not. You don't know this? So there's a whole, like, bit that Kevin wrote
2: and had Jeff and, and uh, uh, Brian, uh, yeah. Brian O'Halloran and and, and Jeff Henderson redoing their Dante and Randall roles. And they're in the car, and they're arguing about whether the flying car would actually be, like, a legit good thing or would it be a legit bad thing. And it's, like, a nine-minute thing. And you, it's the exact same thing where, like, Randall... So Dante's like, fine, I'll I'll get the fucking flying car. Jesus, are you happy? And then Randall's like, I don't care. I don't want the flying car. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like those two. Oh, we all got to find that clip. CJ, you especially got to find that clip. It's if just it's, called the flying car.
1: I wonder if it's on one of the special features I have, because I have all kinds of bonus editions for all those movies, so it could be on... Well, it's definitely on YouTube. Okay. Well, I'll find it there. Um, so, yeah, I was just just wondering so because... Did, did that have... answer your question? I don't yeah. know if I answered the question. No, no, no. Absolutely. Look, <laughs> this is not a quiz show. There's no right or wrong answer here. And if the conversation <laughs> spins off, then fan fucking You would think you know this. You listen to the, sh- the shows we do. For one million dollars. <laughs> yeah, there you What's go. What's your final answer? Oh God, Regis is here. Um, no, no,
3: no, that's a reference to hole in the head.
1: It's also Regis. It's a yeah. It was an alchemy Okay. Um. Oh, so you know what? That you you brought up that short Rico, and it made me think of something I wanted to ask. I'm sure you're familiar with, but not sure Steph's familiar with. There was a very, very, very short-lived. Clerks Cartoon. Oh, and I'm God. wondering if you've seen that.
2: Are you asking if I've seen it? Uh, well, I've I'm
1: assuming it. you have. I was more of a staff, but yeah, it's open to you too.
3: No, I haven't seen it, no.
1: Oh. I own it. I own it
2: on VHS. I owned like the Clerks Cartoon TV series. Like, including, it's called like The Lost Episodes or something. And uh, I have that somewhere Clark's on VHS. Clerks
1: Uncensored, I think is what it's called.
2: Uncensored, yeah. Clerks yeah. Uncensored. I might even have it like around here somewhere. Yeah, Um,
1: it's, it's fun. And
2: I, (laughs) well, we never uh, talked about this in the pilot. So actually, like I I watched it as as I was sort of like really like obsessing over Kevin's movies. So pre-podcast, but still very much into his movies. Sure. And I was like really like disappointed. I was just not as uh, entertained. I also thought that uh, I mean, he he obviously was making it more kid friendly, Well,
0: not and just that. I thought that
2: was the. It no, was... he he well, because Jane saw Bob originally are drug dealers, but in the cartoon, um, they're just like sh- they're just pulling shenanigans, like well, they're yeah. not dealers of any kind. But you got like,
1: fireworks. you gotta figure it's prime time on ABC. It was like 8 o'clock at night on ABC on like a Monday or something. Like, it's not... It, it's not conducive to um, that ma- the normal clerk's material. So they had to... to I want to say dumb it down, but I don't think that's the right way to put it. But they had to change it to make it fit. Which is why, recently, he had interviewed on Smodcast. What the fuck is that guy's name? The guy that created Rick and Morty. Do you know that guy? It's Dan yeah, I, I don't
2: know his name. Dan, anyway. Dan he,
1: yeah, he was interviewing him because Rick and Morty got a, another season. I forget what number it's on, but it wasn't supposed to have it. And then five, is it? Okay. Um They weren't supposed to have it and then it got picked up. Like there was this push from, I don't know if it was from the audience or from the guy who created it, but there was like this campaign to get it up and it's going to happen now. And so Kev interviewed him about what happened. Now I haven't listened to the interview because honestly, I don't like the guy that did Rick and Morty. So I don't want to listen to it. But, um, when he announced it on Twitter, I sent a Kev, uh, I sent a reply to that tweet going like, Kev, more importantly, talk to him about getting Clerks Uncensored back. Like, put that on Netflix or Showtime or one of those channels. Because Adult Swim on Cartoon Network would be a perfect spot for that if it's not going to be on, like, you know, uh, a streaming service or a premium channel. Because you can get away with a lot more. may not be full-on, you know, Clerks level, but you could get away with Jay and Bob being drug dealers. Absolutely. So...
2: I think that's what I would prefer more. I would prefer it if it was more closer to the actual, actual source because it just right. came off like it came. Also, came off very. I mean, there's no other way of saying it. It came off very, very cartoony, well, and yeah, but cartoony in the sense of like, like wasn't like they had Judge Reinhold. Get, I mean, the amazing thing is they had a bunch of like guest stars supplying voices and shit, like Judge Reinhold from Beverly Hills Cop, yep. played a judge named yep. Judge Reinhold. Yep. <laughs> and then, like, Shaq showed up, like, but they kept doing if I remember, because it's been years since I've said it, they, they kept doing this way. it was almost like a precursor to, like, Family Guy or something in a weird way. But yeah. They kept doing a gag that kept repeating. And it was like, like, well, Shaq kept coming around, or
1: uh, Al Baldwin
2: or something kept coming the, around, and and
1: yeah, and, and look, know. episode two was a clip show of the first yeah, episode. I, like that was to me that was awesome. I loved it. It made me laugh out loud. Like when was the last time you watched it?
2: Oh, it's been years. It's it's been it's probably been like eight like five to five to eight years.
1: I would I would recommend having a different perspective on Kev that I know you have. I mean not that it's you didn't like him before, but obviously you're it it's intensified right over the last five to eight years or whatever. So I recommend going back and looking, and watch it again.
2: Of course, I mean I, I I should give it. I mean I should just watch it with Steph just to introduce yeah. it to her. That'll be my way of watching it. Like I'll watch it and then I'll watch it with her at the same time, so I don't have to possibly watch it again if I don't like it.
1: Again. I have five bucks that says she hates it. I'm just saying right now. <laughs> oh, uh, I'm
3: not. Say that's that,
1: promising. Though.
3: Well, I'm not, I'm I'm not I'm, gonna take that back
2: I 100 percent believe you would win.
1: Yeah, I think oh, I God. think I've got a pretty good barometer oh. on the things you like and don't like. Occasionally you still surprise me, but at this point I think I've got a barometer on it and I'm pretty sure I know where you're gonna fall.
2: <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of pop, pop culture references in, in it that she like Steph, do you know who Judge Reinhold is? No. See, for that gag alone, you yeah. like, I don't get it. And then I have to be like, okay, his name is actually Judge Reinhold. Yeah. And then he's playing a judge. And you're like, okay, well, I get it. That's stupid.
1: So, I actually have a Dante, like a little From the Clerks cartoon. They oh, made these all characters. Yeah. And I have I have a Dante. I've been trying to get Jay and Bob because those are the ones I really want. Because I love that cartoon style that they did. Like the, the way they did the animations with like the square fingers and shit. So uh-huh.
2: I have a question for the both of you. Okay. Uh, is there a character of the Viewers universe that you identify with? So, CJ, you first.
1: Oh, Jesus, thanks. Um... Stephanie, you first. Uh,
3: Probably Dante.
1: Can you explain why? Can you elaborate?
3: Dante is a very... uh...
4: I'm not saying you have to love football.
2: Anything better than grinding all night for your side hustle? Is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast?
4: The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's.
0: Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just two fifty. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. He's,
3: as, a, as an individual, he's really a feeling person empathetic is the word I was trying to come up with in my head. Mm. And because of that, he, um, has a problem being able to control his own life. And I can understand that like in a way where I'm a personally, I'm a person that will give my shirt right off my back to help other people, but I can't, I can't see that in myself. And he's like, Oh, I you know I know that that I'm in love with this person and everything's great about this person, but he doesn't see that he already has someone who's perfect. Like especially in like Clerks, the first movie, yeah, he's perfect. Like it's it's really it's really strange how you can see so much insight into others, but you can't see it in yourself.
1: There's a million fine and women can, in the world. Not all of them will bring I, you lasagna, work.
3: Right, you know, and. I, I, can, I can see that in myself where like I, could go, I would be the one who would pick up the phone and take the extra shift even though I'm not supposed to be in work today. And I would deal with the bullshit and like I'd put on the smile and deal with the person who's coming in and making a riot. And I'm like, oh, my God, if I was in this man's shoes, I think I would be like responding almost exactly the same way to all of this bullshit. And I can see myself in him. It, to a certain degree, that's why I think out of all the characters that I've seen, I feel like I, I can I'm more correlating with Dante than anyone else. Are you thinking? Are you thinking because I should someone from chasing Amy?
1: No, you, you, that's your answer. No worries. No,
3: yeah, I was just looking at your face, and you're like, "Well, that's not where I thought she was going to go."
1: <laughs> no, I, I was actually thinking that was more thought out than I think my answer would ever have been. So now I have to come up with a better answer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I think I would probably agree that Steph actually like supplied my answer. But I, I, for years I've always said that I was never, I I was a combination of Dante and Randall because I, everything Steph said, I identify with and agree with, you know, the, you know, especially when like, I don't, like, especially with what's going on currently in my life, like, I don't really want fucking uh, other people's drama in my life, Mm -hmm. but it ends up becoming in my life. And and as much as I would love to not be a part of it, it ends up becoming a part of my life. But I also love to fuck with uh, people, and I love to be myself. So, I mean, here's, I, I, I definitely agree, Steph is more like Dante than I am. Because Steph worked with me at the video store yesterday.
1: You and she's, she
2: literally was not even supposed to be there.
1: <laughs> uh, that's funny.
2: Um, and, and I was like, you know, there have been many, many, many days where I have, like, just the other day, I went in just to get my check. And my the my boss hadn't uh, messed around the funds. He had to go home. So I ended up staying an extra like half hour on my day off. To close up the store, so he could fucking go and like do my so I can get paid, so I can cash my check, and I literally said it to about four different people that came in. I said, "Hey Rico, what do you? How are you doing?" I'm like, "I'm not even supposed to be here today." That's funny. But then, then the Randall part took over, and I was like, "What the fuck do you want?" And that, yeah, <laughs> but I only really do that with with customers. I actually can get away with that, and, and right. they know me well enough. But I would also say that I. Really identified with Holden, the um, the Ben Affleck character in
1: *Chasing Amy*. Oh, is that yours? You've both taken my answers. It's quite comical, actually. Well, and
3: I think- no, I don't think we can take answers. We're all friends because we're similar to each other, sure. so it wouldn't it would make sense if we can identify with similar people.
1: No, I get it. Now, you finished what you were going to say, Rico, and then I'll answer because I definitely have different things to say, even though they're same people so
2: well i also agree that like there are a lot of characters with characters that are very similar true there's also they're very 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 different but they true. all have similarities which is they're 90 of them are all profane oh, well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> they all are deep down good people oh yeah uh and they just are sort of sort of the the bullshit that life throws at them like as as horrible as Randall can be, he he's he's very self aware that he is. He comes off as a piece of shit. He says it in Clerks too. Like, come on, who the fuck would want to be my best
1: friend? Yep.
2: Like he knows that he sucks. He's and he, and that's why he loves Dante's because Dante's the only one who can actually fucking stand him. Right. Because he can't stand himself. He can't be alone, which is why he's always next to him. Um. He also has a bully complex, which is why he says it plainly to Elias, you know, when Dante goes, you're my your best friend. It's not that he wants Elias as his friend. He just needs someone around him. Right. So well, yeah. But but for Holden, I I I mean, we've all gone through a bad breakup, but I have gone through those situations where it's like, like, this is not my life. There's no way that what I'm doing with right now is not a sitcom or a trashy romance novel. Like there's no way, like when I tell friends, I'm like, you won't fucking believe what happened to me tonight. They're like, I'm going to because it's you.
1: <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. I got you. Um... So yeah, I would say. I mean, for
2: the the real basic answers, I'm I'm a, I'm a I'm every character. I'm even the rubber fucking poop monster from Dogma. But who I identify with the most is Randall Dante and a lot of Holden as well.
1: Okay. Um. Well, I. I almost like that I'm going third because it feels like I can Wait, wrap CJ, up. before you go, jump in. Yeah.
3: Why did, do you think that you feel like you're Holden again, Rico? Why do you think you can identify with Holden? Well
2: I, well, I think we would talk about that when we're going to talk about the whole chasing everything.
3: Oh, yeah, that's fine. Jump in, CJ.
1: Alright, so there are three characters I really feel like I'm a conglomerate of like you were saying Rico with yours with Dante Randall and Holden No, those aren't my three but just there are three um and two of them are the same because I would say I'm a little bit of Dante a little bit of Holden but also a little bit of Banky um also from Shaming Amy um so I'll try to go through it Briefly, but like Dante, Dante for me is because I'm very self-deprecating, and he is a very self-deprecating character. He he really um, he shits on himself quite a bit. Now, a lot of the stuff that happens to him, if you really think about it, it is self-imposed, whether it's consciously or not. He he causes his own trouble for himself a lot of the time, so. And I'm known to do yeah, that. He does. You know. Um, remind me, by the way, I have a th- theory about Kevin and all the characters. When I'm done giving my answer, so if I don't go into that, somebody stop me. Um, but so yeah. But I mean, I've also been Dante in the sense that I've I've worked that job. I used to work at a bookstore for a for a community college and. I literally would be just leaning on the counter. Actually, it's kind of like that picture you have, Rico, for your um, personal profile on, on YouTube, where it's you just leaning on the counter. Not a ca- counter. The counter. You know? Um, I very similarly used to just sit there like that. And, you know, I there were days I used to say I'm not supposed to be here, even though I was, I was, I was but it just felt... Like I was in character. Um, so there's that part of it for me. Hold it because. Well, you know what? Let me do Banky first. Banky because I've been that best friend. I've been that best friend where I've been sacrificed for the girlfriend or the relationship on more than one occasion. And so I know what it's like to be on that side of the line. I've watched it and, like, firsthand. And. The difference between me and the only difference, real difference between who I am and who Banky is, like, and it's funny because we were just watching Chasing Amy earlier today, Deb and I, and I feel like Banky goes out of his way to try to sabotage the relationship where I never have done that to anyone that I knew. And we can get into it when we talk about Chasing Amy because I think we're going to get into that movie. I get this gut feeling that's where we're going. But, um, with, with Banky, like, so I get that. I get what it's like to be there, and it's this conflicting feeling of, like, jealousy and protection. You know, he he's very, very protective of Holden, and maybe it's because of the point that Hooper makes, and maybe, you know, he says that boy's in love with you in a way he ain't ready to realize yet. Now, I think that's more of a gay joke, in terms of the script and the context in the movie, but there's an underlying um metaphorical point to that same thing where it's yeah he, the boy loves him but well, maybe I
3: mean there's an under there's an underlying truth to that statement too. Well, that's... every joke has a little bit of truth.
1: Right. Right. And so that's probably a better way to put it stuff. Thank you. Um you know so there's that and then but on the other side of Holden Holden's a hopeless romantic and I am certainly that. I always have been. And you know um if we're going to transition to a movie I'll tell you that <laughs> about 3 years ago I knew this girl that I had known for it's 2018 at that point I'd known her for like 16 years and had been close with her for 12 of those 16 years like super close and but always watched her with other people Easy. And even attended her wedding and the marriage fell apart and we were still close. And I had developed feelings over the years, like strong feelings and, and came to real as her marriage was ending. I was realizing how strong those feelings were. So <laughs> I took a stab at it. And I mean, I didn't do anything aggressive or me too worthy or anything like that. I just expressed how I felt, but the way I did it, good, bad or different is I took the monologue from chasing Amy. I found it on YouTube. The part where he's talking to Alyssa in the car and I sent it to her in,
2: in the car, in the rain.
1: Yeah. And I sent it to her and well, let's just say it didn't work out very well. Um, She not only told me no, but decided we could no longer be friends and we haven't spoken since. So Oh shit. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> That's this, my experience so, as Holden.
2: No no disrespect to your current no disrespect to your current relationship. Yeah. But would you in some ways categorize this for this this other person as your Amy?
1: No, I would say she's more my Alyssa than my Amy because in the parlance of what Amy is in that story, they dated and he got all freaked out and killed the relationship. Where? Well, and it's not even that. It's it's my Alyssa, but no, without, I'm talking about the Amy that
2: pertains to Tom and Bob.
1: No, I know what you're talking about, but he dated Amy. Remember? The story is they were dating, he found out about her past and killed the relationship. That's I never true. dated this that's girl. That's true, that's true. You know. So but I but then again Alyssa dated Holden, so it's kinda like Alyssa pre monologue. I guess that's the best way to put it, you know. Um
2: Okay. Yeah, that makes more
1: sense. So you know, but that's so that's it. That's that's why my answers are Dante, uh, Banking Holden.
3: Okay, I didn't realize we were doing a group of who do I identify with. No, it doesn't I thought it have was, you to pick one.
1: No, it didn't it have said, to I be a group. Dante. But if you want <laughs> um,
3: so if I can add more than just Dante, it's sure. it's Silent Bob.
1: No, no, you're
2: not allowed.
3: It's it's definitely Silent Bob. I very much have been that friend and partner who just stands there, is supportive. And then every once in a while pulls that one liner out and it's like, hey, let's fuck check here. But I'm I'm pretty much always that one person who's just like part of the group, will always be there. You can depend on me 100%. We'll take every blunt joke. We'll be the end of every joke. No problem. Don't give a shit. But I'm really not the animated type.
1: I just have one question for you, though, Steph. The only question I have in regards to that answer is where do you get those wonderful toys?
3: Where do I get the wonderful toys? Oh, you mean the Pops?
1: Never mind. Okay, that was... Rico, I hope
2: you got he's, it at
1: least. He's quoting...
2: I I, I was like, oh my god, of all the fucking jokes. Uh, I, I got it, but Steph, he's referencing um... Mallrats, which is why you don't get it, because you haven't, you haven't seen Mallrats for a while. It's when he pulls out the fucking uh, bat-orang thing.
3: No, you got to be fucking kidding me, because that's why I wanted to re-watch the fucking movie, and I didn't, and so, yeah, I didn't get the joke, God damn it! Fine, everything's my fucking fault.
1: Thanks for well, listening, everybody. We'll talk to you on the next episode.
3: <laughs> I just didn't... I just didn't fit it in watching the movie, and I'm sorry I missed the joke and not showed okay. my true blonde colors.
2: Nah, it's okay. Right. No, to to be fair, it's also a reference to Batman, yeah. the original '89 Tim Burton Batman. So it's a reference to a reference.
1: Yep. 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 Because the Joker where says Nicholas that about Batman.
2: Like, where he get those beautiful toys?
1: Hmm. I think he says wonderful. Actually, I think he. I think it's a direct quote that Jay says. Except instead of him, you, it's he. Where does he, but you know, whatever. So, um, mm. so we, I was just referencing Chasing Amy quite a bit and I will tell you guys that for years and years and years and years and years until I met Deb and got into the relationship I'm in now, that was my favorite of the Jersey trilogy movies.
2: Why did Debbie ruin
1: it for you? I don't know that she ruined it. I wouldn't say that's not the words I would use. Ah, I see what you did there. Um, No, but it changed my perspective on me. Like I've always been, like I said, a hopeless romantic and I always wanted that that relationship that I actually thought they had before he found out about finger cuffs. And, you know, well, no, but that's what that's what spoiled the relationship. Like I'm not making a joke or being smart ass, but that's that's the point where the relationship kind of sours for him and I'd always wanted that relationship, that that level of love. And, I mean, I have that now with Deb, so I don't need it anymore. And I think I used to go searching for that in movies because in a lot of movies that have that kind of trope, I've um, identified with them more. And High Fidelity is one of those movies I still identify with, a non-Kevin Smith movie, but because I really feel like I'm John Cusack's character, um, Rob. You know, like I still feel like I look not like guy. John
2: Cusack, actually.
1: No, I don't think so. Thank In you. That, no, but
2: it like you look like John Cusack. I don't. There's something about your style. Like, not that you look like him, but you remind me of him, actually.
1: Okay, that I could see. I I I probably have mirrored myself after him because I can't tell you legitimately how many times I've seen High Fidelity. I've literally lost track of how many times I've watched that movie.
2: On a side note, I love high fidelity, but I genuinely wish there was the exact same movie, but instead of music, it was about movies, so I could be like, "This is my, this is exactly me," because we I identify with that as well, but not so much on music, but exactly the same way with movies. Because I'm thinking like, "Oh fuck, I gotta like this girl is exactly like this one scene, this one movie that I saw like eight years ago." <laughs>
1: I'll I'll do you one better, Rico. I actually went as far as to do the top five track down. At one I... point. And it didn't... It went worse than it did in the movie. Like, it was bad. Uh, I was going to
2: say, why would you do that to yourself?
1: Well, okay, that's a whole other elongated story that's not worth doing tonight. But it's... it. Yeah, I'd hit a low point. It was right before I met Deb, actually. Which is kind of funny. But...
3: Um, so, what was that one point that you wanted to make sure that we talked about?
1: Oh, with the, yeah, no, because, well, Kevin has said that he based Dante and Randall off him and Brian Johnson from Comic Book Man. It's, it was always that he was Dante and Brian was Randall. But I would venture to say that, even if it's on a subconscious level, that all of his characters, or at least the major ones, so we'll say Dante, Randall, J. Bob, well, not so much J. and Bob, but the other characters. So Dante, Randall, um, Elias even to a degree. Um anyway, you get the point that they are split personalities of Kev. They're like they're like parts of him, like the really big parts of who he is and all those characters make him up.
2: Which means pickle fucker's a whole lot more confusing than it should be.
1: Well, again, I'm talking <laughs> well, like main player, so I don't know if the pickle fucker <laughs> applies, but
3: well, you know, um, every good writer takes a bit of themselves and put it, it's, it puts sure. it in a character. So to, I can understand where Kevin is talking.
0: Get 30% shorter average wait time. When you buy and book your appointment at DiscountTire.com, you can get 30% shorter average wait time in the store. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of.
4: And now the weather. Expect partly cloudy skies with an excellent chance of maximum refunds. Wait, that can't be right.
3: Oh, but it is.
4: Who are you?
3: I'm April. And we could see refunds raining down all tax season with people switching to TaxAct. TaxAct? The tax filing software that makes it easy to file for less and get more.
4: New forecast. It's sunny days ahead for everyone using TaxAct.
3: Always happy to brighten your day. <laughs> Switch to TaxAct today and start for free.
4: See TaxAct.com for details.
3: About how each character is a piece of him. It's just probably a piece that's exemplified.
4: Well, he's never Which said that.
1: That's my perspective. What's that, Rico? Which is why you should never piss off
2: J.K. Rowling.
1: Yeah, right. Um, Which is why you should never piss off Stephen King, actually. Yeah, that too. Um, but I'd argue Stephen King's best stuff is his non-horror stuff, like Shawshank. But that's not a conversation. <laughs> that, that's the debate. Anyway, so... So, uh, yeah, up until recently, Chasing Amy was my favorite movie. Um, at this point, probably Clerks Two is where I'm at. Um, and that's for multiple reasons. Mainly because I just think it's really funny. I I like I like Randall more in Clerks Two than I do in Clerks, and I like Randall in Clerks, but I like his character more. And it kind of goes back to what we were saying earlier about how he kind of naturally took over the movie. So, I think that's part of where that comes from. But also, uh-huh. like, Dante realizing that he was settling with... Oh, uh, what was her name? Kev's wife's... But the character... Um ugh. Well, anyway, the woman Emma. he was going to marry and go to... Emma, thank you. Emma. And, what's that? I
2: was just repeating it.
1: Okay. And then he ultimately went down to... And ended up with Rosario's character, so... You know, I think I
2: have a quick I have a quick question because I just thought of this. Yeah. Do you think Dante is hooking up with Emma because she's kind of a female version of Randall? Because I never made the connection because she's kind of a bully and very abusive of him, but still very loving. She obviously cares about him, but she's she, you know, maybe that's why Randall and Emma don't get along in close to because. They're very similar. Not to mention they're both teritor- territorial over Dante. I never made this connection until just now. Um, I wouldn't but say I, M I is abusive. Say
1: like, what? I wouldn't say Emma, or not Emma, but... um. Oh, shit. Rosario's character. What the fuck is her name?
2: Oh, um, uh, Rebe- uh, Rebecca. 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 Right. Rebecca. Becky.
1: Rebecca, yeah. That's I don't. What? I wouldn't say she was abusive, of him. That's not how I would interpret that relationship. No, no, not not Becky. Emma. Right, but you said that he likes her because she's abusive like Randall is. That's what you said. Maybe that's not what you meant, but that's what you said.
2: Uh, well, I don't think he likes... I'm not saying... No, I'm saying Dante and Emma, the Schwalbach right. uh, character. Right. Um, I'm saying that because Randall can sort of dominate over Dante uh the same way she does and if you really kind of break the characters down uh i mean there's a lot of differences but like they're both i mean i don't know i just thought like maybe that's why he kind of went for her apart from the fact that she's pretty and she was like sort of a cheerleader type and he didn't have that growing up um with with women
1: right, that, but Rigo, you may not realize it, but what you said was that he went for Rosario's character because she's she's abusive, like Randall is. That's what you said. That's what's throwing me off.
2: No, that's I that's that's where there's there's a mix-up. I was saying that he Dante was originally with Emma, right? Because she was abusive.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, yeah, that's possible. Yeah.
2: I think that I think I think Dante needs someone to steer him in life and sort of dominate him. I think he thinks of himself as a dominant person, but he knows deep down that he's not. Right. He needs someone like Randall or, or Emma and even Becca, because Becca is his boss. And Becca is also the words of wisdom, where she's just like, what the fuck are you doing with this woman? You don't want to move to Florida. You don't want to have anyone, you know, you always want to talk about how you want someone, you know, you want to take control of your life but you've never had control of your life because you've always had someone talking for you and fighting your battles for you and steering your life for you. Right. So, but Becca, Rosario Dawson's character, is the middle ground because she'll let him flourish and be who he wants to be, but she also happened to start out as as his legitimate boss. Right, right. So she'll right. always have that, like, ego trip over him being like, I used to pay for your, like, more, I used to pay you for you to pay for your rent like you right. had to flip burgers for me
1: well I'd argue and he's still f- living at home but yeah, I get your point
2: <laughs> but, but I don't know if Dante's living at home I think Randall's definitely living at home oh definitely but I think Dante, yeah I think Dante uh, had finally like well because he, he assumed he'd be living with Emma
1: well you know real quick you know whose house they used for Randall's house in that movie right Kevin
2: Smith's original house yep so, I, I, I told that to staff when we were watching. I'm like, Kevin okay, Smith's house. And she's just looking at me like, wait, can I watch the movie? <laughs>
4: <laughs> All right. I'm like, um, this is the beginning.
2: This is how it's going to start. Like, Look, there's a hockey stick, and there's Kevin Smith's house. And she's like, Rico, for fuck's sake, let me
1: just watch the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. I can see well, that happening. I
3: I didn't put... Clerks 2 over Clerks 1 even though it was far more entertaining in some ways because Dante and Randall never learned anything from 1 to 2
1: I think that was the point
3: that bothered me a lot well,
1: there you go putting too much thought into a movie they're again. Still,
3: they're still doing the same mistakes to each other the same problems the same relationship that it's like they, they didn't learn after they had the hash out with each other and the fight and the, oh my gosh, and the the epiphany at the end of the movie, they didn't learn anything. It was the same shit, different day.
2: And you would argue that it works for clerks because they're just, oh, they're just 22 and stupid. They're just young and stupid.
3: Well, okay. yeah, I mean, they're going through the motions of life and experiencing it for the first time. But they, they've experienced all that bullshit and they did it again. In Clerks
2: too, yeah, I can agree with that.
1: So, what what are your guys' favorites? Like, what's because I told mine. So,
2: our favorite movies?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Clerks or not Clerks, but Kevin movies.
2: Um, for for like I said it before, Jay and Salt Bob is at the top of the list just because it was my introduction, and also it's just genuinely fucking still funny for me. Uh, still, seeing Mark Hamill, you know, as Cock Knocker is will always for yeah. this Um Having those Goodwill Hunting, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon jokes thrown in was really fucking funny. So yeah, because it's just it's kid friendly, but that that's like because it's it's my personal favorite, but the one that impacted me the most that is just up there. Like Clerks and Chasing Gamey is for Steph. It would be Jigsaw, Bob, and Chasing Amy for me because Chasing Amy is is because saw right. Bob is just a good fun time, but Chasing right. Amy I would argue is an actual fucking film.
1: It is it it is the most I would say it's the most film like film he's made, even going outside of the the Jersey movies and and because. And, and Steph, I know you can't comment on these as much because you haven't seen them, but even like Red State and Tuscan Yoga Hosers, they're not, they're movies. They're not, because there's a, the, and, and Rigo, you being the appreciator, you are, I think there's a def- definite line between a film and a movie. And,
0: Absolutely.
1: and Chasing Amy is the only one he's made that's a film, I think. Clerks,
2: I would say, would border it.
1: Yes, I could I could agree with you there, yeah. Because it's it's a it's the only true independent movie he's made, I think.
2: Well, Red State, Red State was a budget of like two million dollars.
1: Well, right, but I'm talking about you've got that hunger, you've got that lack of access to certain things. That's what I mean by that. But you're right in terms of budgeting. Sure. I mean, once he, my, I
2: agree with what you're saying. Like. No, no, just, dis- I mean, look, I'm not a fan, but the best example would be Transformers movies are movies.
1: Yes. Yes.
2: Whereas I would say, uh, Schindler's List is a, is a film. film.
1: Right. Oh, well, let's Even if you're not talking about Transformers, let's talk about something we do like. The MCU movies. They're movies. Yeah. We love them. They're fantastic. They're well-made, but they're movies. They're not films. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Well, I think the big distinction that you guys are skirting around the bush about is <laughs> a movie is entertaining. It's fun. It's, it's, uh, it's got moments that, that can make you sit back and then just forget about your life. But a film is impactful. Yeah. It affects I, you. Yeah. It makes you think. It makes you reevaluate something about yourself or someone that you know or just you can see a character how they are someone that you've that you know in your own life or that you have felt that way or you can see like a friend has been that way you, it's something that is is somehow more personal
1: right but the only argument i would say against that stuff because i i agree with everything you've said but the one argument i would make against it is like there are movies that can do that. Because High Fidelity, I would not say, is a film. And I don't know if you've seen it, yet, but Rico, obviously you have. It's not a film, but that character... I've seen, I've seen it. Oh, you have? I'm sorry. My I've fault. seen it. The way we were talking earlier, it didn't sound like you had. I apologize. But it, it doesn't strike me as a film, but yet it's impactful. At least to me it was. And maybe that's just me being me and It's not globally impactful like a Schindler's List would be. So maybe there's that.
3: I, I mean, I've seen, I've seen it, and it's fun and it's entertaining. But I think it's impactful to you because you're a romantic, just like John Cusack's character, is. and a
1: music lover. So yeah,
3: and and a music lover that I think it to you is impactful. To me, it was a movie. It was, it's fun, and I and I loved it. But it's like, I didn't get the same reciprocal feelings from the movie that you did.
2: So that, I think so it the, also varies on every person as well. Like, I would say Avengers Infinity War is both a movie and a film because that motherfucker impacted me like you wouldn't fucking believe.
1: Okay, yeah, I can see that. For Stephanie,
2: that's barely a movie.
1: (laughs) Right, because she fucking hated it. But... um, (laughs) Much
3: to the same degree as why I like Clerks 2 as much. It's like nobody learns anything. It's like, gosh darn it.
2: To be fair, they weren't exactly expecting Thanos. But my Mother the Gauntlet came out. The claws and the Gauntlet came out.
1: And to your point about them not learning anything, they're not exactly geniuses, those two characters, Downtay and Randall. Which is so funny
2: how we all identify with some of them. We're like, they're not geniuses, but that's us.
1: Well, well, that's because we were limited to a character pool. Look, the another reason I would say that I relate to Banky is because if we were doing a thing and nobody knew I was part of the show, and you asked me to stand up in the middle of a, a crowded room and yell out "What's a newbie?" and I would do it. So I mean, like, what's a newbie? In? That's Shut one. The of, fuck it up. That's one of my favorite parts of that whole movie is that sequence in the in the um, in the conference yeah, yeah. room where they're All doing the, the panel. Video. So fucking good. Yeah. So.
2: All right, Steph. I want to know why chasing Amy is yours is is up there for first. If you feel comfortable talking about it, yeah. What what is your chasing Amy story? What's chasing Stephanie? <laughs>
1: Nicely done. Um,
3: chasing Amy for me is uh, as I was watching it. I could identify a lot with actually almost every character in the film. To a certain degree, as I was watching it, I was just like nodding almost the whole movie. I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't a promiscuous type growing up. Like, I didn't, uh, I didn't do the extent of what certain characters had done. But I, I wasn't exactly. Uh, Holden either where I was innocent to a lot of things. Like I don't know how people were reacting to each other made sense to me in the film. And uh, I don't I don't know how to answer your question. You got to narrow it down for me, please.
1: <laughs> well, there's not really. An, I mean, there's not a way to narrow down. And it's tough. There's no wrong answer. I mean, you answered the question the best you could answer it. I mean, like. If that's why... Answered with your gut reaction. Right, absolutely. That's what this is all about. This is why we do what we do here. There's no script.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that... There's but no script?
1: That doesn't... No, there's no... What
3: I said really didn't make any sense. Like, no, I don't know. It uh, made
1: sense to me, and it made sense to Rico, so there you go. I don't know. Can I just like, say I that I, I, I love the fact that you can I, talk, I, and Rico and I can see her make faces at each other, and it's... Entertaining. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um, the one thing that I could I I found that was refreshing in Chasing Amy that's not really discussed in movies previous where they where they are now certain topics that were just always taboo. Sure, is like is like the um the sexuality issues. Yeah. So, you know how she was a, the 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 lesbian pool. How they were all saying, "Oh no, we've lost another one." Yeah, you know you what? Know? I, and the the judgments that come from that.
1: I am so glad you brought that up because, like I said, Deb and I were Go watching ahead. it. What were you or, gonna say? I'm so glad you brought that up because, like I told you earlier, Deb and I were watching this earlier today, and. We happened, we, it was on TV, so we didn't like put it on to watch, but we were flipping through and it was on and it turned on right at, actually turned on right at the part where, um, Banky draws the, the four way street and puts the $100 bill in the middle. But that's not the point I want to talk about. So we're watching and it gets to the point where she's with the lesbian friends and they all treat her like shit because she found a man. And it's like, She's happy. Why does it fucking matter if it's a dude, a chick, or, you know, a chicken? Who
2: cares? <laughs> like And if I could jump in, yeah. that was... There was a, a, a lesbian, and I don't know who the fuck... I don't know her name, but I think she's in the movie as Alyssa's bandmate who introduces her to sing on stage. Okay. Um, she is like a... She was a, she is or was a close friend of Kevin, and actually supplied a lot of like lesbian culture uh, background to him as he was writing *Chasing Amy*. A lot of inspiration, and she actually kind of like inclu- she included that scene of how's how there's like this reverse homophobia. Like, homophobia is, I'm I'm scared of homosexuals. But if you have homosexuals afraid of straight people or judging straightness or um, it's heterophobia, it's such a bizarre concept in a film. And and I think she was the one who I think like had to like she was like gave the seal of approval. Like this needs to be in this movie because this is something that is untalked about, like that, you know someone who is a lesbian goes by or bye bye and goes straight. And um and how her her lesbian and gay friends react negatively. And and it's such a fucking that's one of the main reasons why I love that movie so much because it's not about homophobia. It's not about you know a man turning a lesbian straight, which is the basic, you know, run down, bear it down premise. You know, it's it's all about it's the whenever I recommend it at work, it is the most honest film about relationships, not just straight and gay, but bi and trans. Well, not so much trans, but but about the the raw deal you get of a past relationship uh, and and how you try to dive into a new relationship and how you find out about their past. It's it's everything all boiled into one pot, and the fact that it was made for on a budget of two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that that to me certifies it as a film. And I want to say this earlier. We we're talking about movie versus film. A movie I would eat popcorn with or or have a snack with. Something that like you're kind of engrossed if you're eating a snack. I would not. Uh, Chasing Amy, I would not snack with I would just because I don't want to miss anything right because it's all dialect centric and apart I mean if you take out all the toilet humor and and dick jokes hmm. it is still a very fucking uh personal and human film and that's yeah. the point that is so different from his other films is because this is literally the closest thing you'll get to a love letter on screen. And love letters can always deal with, I love you, but. And that, there's a big, I mean, there's a big but in this movie.
0: Hello, this is Discover, and we take customer service very seriously. We know that if you have a question or concern about your credit card, that's a serious matter, and you need to talk to a real person about it. So we offer around-the-clock access to seriously talented representatives in the USA. Again, it's a serious endeavor. The only funny thing about it is Bob. If you call us and Bob answers, you're in for a treat. Get 100% U.S.-based customer service and talk to a real person day or night. Discover. Exceptionally common sense.
2: And, and, and this is, it's just a never-ending of, it. will he be happy with her? And because every movie is, most love movies are guy meets girl, girl and guy, have fight. Girl and guy end up together at the end of the film to live happily. Which ever is after. the
1: thing I say hated about Yes Man, if you remember, when we were talking about that, it was several episodes back. Right. Um, Rico, not to cut you off, but real quick, I'll tell you that her name is Guenevere Taylor or Taylor. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Is oh, it Turner, Genevieve Guinevere, or Guenevere? Guene Turner is her name. Um,
2: That's the Gwen Turner that he ref He talks about in the movie.
1: I don't remember that
2: he names what well, he has a character and I think it's almost I think it's the other Joey Lord Adams character in Marrat. I think her name is Gwen Turner and that was that's what I'm saying it was sort of an oh. homage to her
1: oh probably I I, I think it is Gwen but I don't know her last name I don't know if they ever say it. if they do I don't remember it so I'm not arguing well, against that but yeah but her to name throw, is Gwen let
2: throw that in there as well When Holden and Alyssa have that breakup outside the hockey rink and he's confronting her past and she's just exploding on him, all over his uh, face, neck and chest, Um, Hmm. she says, I had a three-way with Gwen Turner and fucking blah, blah, blah.
1: Oh, so that, yeah, he's throwing some love. Yeah, no, absolutely. And but yeah. Kev's known for that. He does that kind of stuff all the time. I mean, how many times Walt Flanagan's mentioned in the View Askew universe? Period. I mean, it's crazy.
2: Or, or Walt Flanagan's dog. Or Walt
1: Flanagan's dog. Yeah. Um. By the way, I it's safe to say of all the acting Kevin's done, which is not a lot, it's his best monologue. Period. When he's in that diner. When he's in the car. No, oh, no, I was talking about Kevin. Kevin. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. His His best monologue, period. Period. Well, it's, it's his
2: longest monologue for sure.
1: Right, but there's a movie he's in where he's like the third on the, the cost sheet. It's like two people and Kev. I'd have to look it up, and I will if you want. But, like, there's a movie he's in where he acts all the way through. He's not Silent Bob. It's a different character. And I would still argue that's his best acting ever. And I'm not saying that he's a bad actor, but that was just, I feel like there was heart behind that story. And Kevin's known for doing that kind of stuff. So I'm wondering if something similar was going on in in his life. Actually, you being a fan of the podcast, and Steph, I know you've heard some of them, so you may have heard this one. The Emo Kev episodes from Smodcast when he's talking about his girlfriend from high school, Kim. Is it Kim? I think. But anyway, because he says her name at one point. Um, but anyway, it doesn't matter. I'm wondering if that was the at least the inspiration for that monologue, if nothing else.
2: I would probably agree that he had gone through his Amy period around when he was like 18, 19 years old, pre-clerks. Yeah. So that's probably around the same time. You know, and to be fair, when you're 18, 19 years old, or or a little younger, or even a little older. You take relationships so much more seriously that, you know, it could have just been she, you know, the story could have just been something as simple as she cheated on him. And he made this whole fucking, like, the world is over kind of thing. And look, I I could speak for myself. I won't speak for you guys. I've been cheated on and I've been, I've had fucked up relationships and I've had all that shit. But... And it still hurts every single time, but I've learned to kind of been like, you know, I'll get through it. But when you're like 15, 16, 17, 18 years old, you're just like, the world is fucking over.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know,
2: and I no, think that I, was.
3: I, I think I've just been old to either too much or what <laughs> it wasn't like that for me. I never had a world over moment. So (laughs) I don't know, maybe I just started dating too late. Like, I don't know.
1: No, well, that's, but Steph, that's honestly, like, I would say that's a good thing because the world is over moments sucks and I've had a couple of them. So they suck. So the fact that you've never had one, good for you. And I mean that as sincerely as I can say, good for you. I'm glad you've never had to go through that.
3: Don't, don't get me wrong. I've had heartbreak and I've had moments where I'm like, "Well, is this it? Is am I just destined to be an old spinster where I never really have a relationship and this is I just need to I, I need to own my identity of this is how it's going to be." I've had that, but I've not had like I just wish my life was over because th- they are it's gone like my my life is over.
1: At well, a kind of moment I would... I would argue that it's not. You wish your life is over, but you just think that there's no coming back from it. You know what I mean? So,
2: (laughs) I would say it's probably a mixture of you don't know how to move forward.
1: Yeah,
2: you don't. You know, because losing losing a relationship or being uh, abused or being betrayed or being cheated on or all that shit, it it takes out a chunk of your soul because it affects, well, I, again, I can always speak for myself. It it makes you feel like you've been living a lie for the, for the duration of the relationship. And you're thinking like, it makes you feel like you have, like you've almost betrayed yourself. When someone breaks up with you, it feels like you wasted, not so much wasted a year, but you, the whole relationship was a lie. For the duration of the relationship. Yeah. Like, the, you know, now I'm back to where I was before that. Did I learn anything? Why did this happen? Did they cheat on me because of me? Or did they cheat on me because of them? Or because right. of somebody else? Who am I? And what I do? And how do I move forward? Those are all thoughts that I've had uh, from a really bad uh, breakup. Whereas you look at yourself in the most... Um, dehumanizing way we're just like i don't know how to move forward what did i do wrong and then you real, and then you know you go through the healing process whatever that may be and then you realize you know as bad as the relationship was there were good parts to it and that's the whole point of moving forward is you have to just think i did everything that i felt was the responsible thing to do and they left because of them. They, you know, they. I may be a contributing factor, but this also varies and differs on every relationship and every breakout. But that's, that's one of the main reasons why I identified with Chasing Amy is because he was trying to salvage something that couldn't be salvaged. Right. Because he, and for a while, he had it. For a while, he was in a happy relationship with her. Like, he won. But at the same time, he was also losing probably arguably the most important relationship which is banky. with his best friend yeah which is his best friend but even beyond that he was forgetting who he was
1: well and he's he he...
2: trying to be something that he wasn't
1: and not to mention like I said earlier banky went out of his way to sabotage that thing i mean like yeah but uh, that's a whole other story i guess <laughs> but yeah but did you
2: did you make the connection that banky actually is gay like in the other times that he appears in the films, he's gay. He's gay now.
1: I, I think, I don't think it was ever declared. Do you know? It was declared. It
2: was declared because he and Hooper.
1: Oh well, you're talking. Walked, no, 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 I'm talking about in Amy. Like I don't think it's ever laid out that he's changed teams for lack of a better
2: description. No, but they they expand on it in. Sorry, yeah. Strike back.
1: No, I know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: Wait, Wasn't that the ending? That they were like, and you're like, totally gay.
2: <laughs> I don't well, remember no, that. Well, chasing Amy. No, because he he said it's something you have to come to terms with. He said, you are in love with me. You're attracted to me. But it never shows Banky acknowledging it. Like, yeah. He acknowledges it, but he doesn't admit it. He's very much coming to terms with it, but he's still very much in the closet. And the only way he can deal with it is by pro- presumably slowly dating Hooper, the black guy from Chasing Amy. And you could see that that's his way of letting him be more comfortable. And they say that at the end of Strike Back, where they're walking in the theater, and he's like, that movie was so fucking gay, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, you know, he's like, uh-huh, honey, I don't hear you can play nightly. Yep.
1: But that's not addressed till you get to that movie. Which, by the way, I've Kev has said that Hooper's not going to be in reboot, which is disappointing. Yeah, he
2: hasn't been around. I haven't seen that actor in. He was in Dogma, very briefly.
1: Yeah, he was one of the gang members at the strip club, wasn't he?
2: Yeah, he was the. I would say he was the gang leader.
1: I think he um, was too. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: But uh, other than that, he because he was very integral. To chasing him. I mean the the three main leads are very good. Salim Bob is very pivotal. Jay is Jay, but like there's no there's no backbone without Hooper. You know, he's the introduction to Alyssa to Holden, and yep. he also is he's really the 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 first one apart from Salim Bob to give uh, Holden any fucking wisdom. You know, he's sort of the guru of gay.
1: Well, I would argue that you couldn't do some of the Hooper X jokes now that you could do then. I don't know. So
2: Kevin did the whole porch monkey bit in Clerks 2. He probably could get away with it.
1: The Muslim stuff is more touchy. I mean, like it's it borders on because he says, "Oh, I can't ever say it right," but the, the the typical Muslim greeting, and I'm not saying that to be ignorant, but the you know, like that's his thing. Remember when he's talking to the kid at the CD store?
2: Oh. As-salamu or That's I, don't, it. Hey, yep. I don't know how to do. It. No, I think you did got it, got it, it right. I
1: yeah, I think you did. I think you got it right. Seriously,
2: Makalekum Salam. Yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, I
2: think they could because there is, despite how people are Islamophobic, there needs to be a positive character in that field. And right now, there are not many positive characters that are Muslim or or even just like not Christian, like. And I think Kevin would probably bring him back being like, like them or not agree with them or not. They are around us and they could still spread love and wisdom that just differs from your religion. And I think Kevin would probably, Kevin would probably, uh, especially now, now that he's got another lease on life, I don't think he would be um, afraid of, of bringing that character back.
1: Well, Okay, so there's not much information about him in IMDB. What's, the good news is he is alive because my fear was maybe he died from something, you know, like, I don't know, illness or a car accident or whatever. But he is still alive. I guess he's just kind of doing his own thing. But he's, it, you know, he he's still alive. For the record, what's the actor's name? Dwight, excuse me, Dwight Ewell, I guess is how you would say it. It's E-W-E-E-L-L.
2: We got to give a round of applause to Dwight Ewell. He, he was really an un... An unspoken highlight of the film. And yeah. I don't, because all the, all the, uh, praise went to Jason Lee, richly deserved. Jason Lee was phenomenal in that film, especially since he's basically playing the quote unquote villain role. Right. Um, uh, but, uh, Dwight Yule, he, as, as Hooper X was, was still a highlight because he's playing two separate characters. He's playing that angry black guy motif and he's also playing the sympathetic gay best friend.
1: Yeah, you know, and he, he and he makes in, a
2: big point about that how he has to he has to be both roles.
1: The last thing he did was in 2011, and it's a movie that's not rated. So I'm almost wondering if it got released. I guess it did if it's on IMDb, but it's listed as not rated.
4: Well, it
2: could that just means it could have been unrated.
1: I've just never heard of that, but you know more about movies than I do, so take your word on that. If,
2: if it was released in 2011, it would it means it was released. If it said uh, not released or unreleased or to TBD, which just means uh, to be determined, right. then it means it wasn't released.
1: Well, I guess but Mark, if, Mark... It was,
2: uh, if it was, if it just just because it was, it was just a not rated film, which means it was probably uh, a very indie film that like argued with the FCC a lot.
1: Okay, yeah. So either way, he I guess he's just doing his own thing. But like you said, more power to him because he really is the backbone of that movie, and he really is. He, he like you said, he brings that movie together. Like he's the glue of that movie. Really is very so, much. Um, yeah. But yeah, so think, it's, go ahead, Seth.
3: But well, I think another thing that I really liked about Chasing Amy is the everyone goes through that moment. At least I hope. I don't know if everyone does, but I know that I did. Where you go through that moment of uncertainty of who you are and what you, what you expect from love or companionship or intimacy, and everyone handles that differently. There are those who are the exploratory type. There are those who are conservative because they choose to be. And those who are conservative because they just don't know the difference. Mm -hmm. There are those who can't uh, face themselves, you know, and they, because of that, they are uberly aggressive against the, what they can't face in themselves. So, you know, the homophobic skew that they did in the movie.
1: like And
3: it's, Mhm. Yeah. And it, and it's like I I think that's what I what made me see the film as a film not a movie. It's because it 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 preys upon everyone going through their own angle of figuring out what what they need and and will have in life. Like I, if I can go on a little personal note here, it's like I I could when I was growing up I didn't know that I was if I wanted to stay female or if I wanted to be male, I had a gender identity issue as I was growing up. But once I hit puberty, it was closed up and easy enough for me. And I was like, OK, I know what I am and I'm fine. I'm fine being female. I'm OK. But, I'm pretty- I, <laughs> but as I, you know, pre-pubescent, I was very much a butch girl. I wore pants, never wore dresses unless I was forced to. I did male activities. I did everything with my dad. If you could, if you could have a stereotypical dom boy, that would be me, short of just cutting my hair short. Which I, but I always had it up in a ponytail anyway, so it's like as if I had short hair. That you know, and, and it was interesting to see a certain degree of that in a film because I had never seen it before in a film. You know where it's it's an identity issue, and though they did it through sexuality rather than um, you know uh, gender, it's it still pertains.
1: I wonder if Kevin, if Kevin was writing that movie now with the mentality he had when he wrote Chasing Amy, so not having the luxury of the knowledge base that he has now but living in the times that we live now would it be a transgender movie versus a sexuality movie would he have wrote it that way
3: i don't think personally i don't think that it would i think he would have added an element of that in the film but i don't think that would have been the focal point
1: no. okay fair enough just curious uh, i i think
2: he either would have done that added that element of Transphobia or, or or a transgendered character, but personally, I don't. We talked about whether he would put Dwight in the film. If he was going to remake *Chasing Amy now I don't think he could. I don't think he would. No, I, think, I don't either. I think he because that was very much the identity crisis of love that he needed when he was twenty or twenty-five years old. Yeah. Whereas if he did now as a married man with a fa- you know a father of a little girl, he's going to be like. I know the ups and downs of of marriage. Like, why do I need to write about love when I know if you're lucky, you get married, and then all all fighting your bullshit just becomes bullshit you go you get through. You right.
1: know, no, absolutely. And an interesting side note about that movie is Enrico. You probably know this, and and if you can elaborate on it, please do because I don't have a lot of information to elaborate with, but. Kev said that he had a conversation with Joey Lauren Adams, um, the, the, the Alyssa character, who he was dating at the time they made the movie, and when he first showed her the script for Chasing Amy, she said this movie, if you make it, will end our relationship. And it wasn't like I'm; thr- she was threatening to break up with him if he made the movie. She just knew there was something about the movie, and if they had made it, it was going to terminate the relationship somehow. And and it did he's said that and they broke up by the end of the movie but he's never said why and i'm not it's not our business to pry into his world but if he's talked about it maybe you've heard it and i haven't but i was curious if he's ever elaborated on that
2: i want i don't i i don't want to give an actual answer because i because i think i have heard him say something but i don't know if i've just i theorized enough and filled the blanks myself and maybe okay. my, and gave, gave my own answer and said he said it you know so but i think now now that i said all that this is a grain of salt i think he may have alluded to exactly what you're saying which was him coming to terms with her past not to say the illicit character and
4: finding the right person for the job isn't easy just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer
2: one of the inspiration that is that is concrete evidence that is that right. has been established.
1: Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: What? Whether she was the the source for finger cuffs or whatever, that's a whole other topic. But I think he made that movie and he chose her for that reason because I I I, I don't know if he was aware that it would affect her. I think she looked at it as like this is a great role. This will be great for my career but I don't think Kevin has fully understood that this is me. I don't, I think he wrote a story that he poured his soul out, but I don't think he, it's clicked that this is me and him, that he's now the holding character and I'm the illicit character. Right. I think it's going to affect us when he's done directing, he watches the movie and he's like, holy shit. I just, what the fuck? And then he's going to have that. What the fuck moment with her and she's like i told you this is going
1: to fuck us up right
2: like i, I that's my theory
1: um, and i'm, I'm going to sound like i'm making a joke it, it, here but i'm really not does that make um moser banky do you think no okay no
2: i i would say probably jason lee is banky
1: well he Especially is the character the- but i'm talking about like in Kev's world. If you're saying he's writing a personal story, does that make Moser the equivalent of Banky?
2: No, I would say that Jason Lee is the Banky, because I again, I don't know I don't know Jason Lee very well, but I also do know that he was wrapped up in the Church of Scientology, especially still around is. that time.
1: I think. I think he's still an active member. But, uh, I, th- I think he got out of it, finally. Alright, I'll, um, I'll look that up. Steph, you looked like you were going to say something, so please...
3: Well, I was going to say the irony of him writing a story that is enlightening, yet he didn't see it in himself. You know, it was like the Dante of moments. <laughs> right. <laughs> Where he, he wrote a story not understanding that the, the characters and the storyline is him, you know, in his personal life.
2: And that's perfectly why Dante and Kevin are the same person. Um, while you're looking that up, CJ, I do want to talk about one more thing about how, um, I would argue this is probably one of Affleck's best acting performance. And hmm. you and I talked a lot about this off screen and on Twitter. I would, I would love to see another Kevin and Ben team up.
1: Oh, absolutely. Of this
2: cover. The closest we got was Jersey Girl. And I still love Jersey Girl. It's a good that's movie. It's the closest, it's, it's the closest to this caliber of J.C. Gaming. A more personal, heartfelt, raw story. Dogma is amazing. And and Ben is amazing in Dogma. I mean, he's, he's a legit great villain because he doesn't start out as the villain. You look at Matt yeah. Damon and you're like, he's the fucking villain. And then you look at Azriel, Jason Lee's character, and you're like, he's the fucking villain. And then you're like, oh shit, fucking. Fleck, the fucking Affleck is is the fucking villain of this whole thing. It, it, it's such a, it's not a big twist, but it's such a twist where you're just like, I didn't expect that coming. Kind of um, and I, I love Ben Affleck. I've always been a big fan of Ben Affleck, not to the extent of Kevin where he's like, oh yeah, they remade Jaws, Ben Affleck plays the shark. But, mm-hmm. and I, I personally still love him as, as Batman and I still want my I think, own, yeah. I still want that, Bat Fleck film.
1: I don't think we're gonna get it, but yeah, you're right. He says he's in, he, but he also for
2: a long time says he, I might
1: be out. Yeah, but he's now he's that, so back and forth on that. It's I just think that's why I think we're not gonna get it. But
2: I well, the rumor was, was Gyllenhaal was gonna be the main choice for the new Batman, but oh. now Gyllenhaal is joining the Marvel verse as Mysterio for Spider Man.
1: Right, I saw that. So now like that's that, going to
3: affect anything. They cross over all the time.
1: She's got a point. She does have a
2: point, but I don't think... I think they're going to be a little bit more careful now, especially with universes. Like, back then, when they were doing that shit, universes were not as concrete with Marvel and DC. DC's yeah, but... not going to... I mean, DC doesn't know what the fuck they're doing. Right now, they're going to have two standalone Joker movies, which is like, why?
1: They're having two? I heard about the one. They're oh. having two now?
2: Yeah, they're do they just announced this the other day, uh, which is allegedly if this is still happening, there's the Todd Phillips directing one, the guy who directed uh Hangover. Okay. He is doing a Joker movie that Scorsese is producing.
1: Okay. Is that the Leto be one? A Joker what? Is that the one with Leto? No.
2: It's gonna okay. be with fucking walking Phoenix, allegedly.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah, I did hear about this one. That's the one I thought they were doing, but now they're doing one with Leto, I guess. As well. Oh, Jesus.
2: That's why I was like, you can't even get the fucking Joker right. You're going to make two fucking movies with two separate actors, and you're like, let's roll the dice. I think that's their, their whole thing is, we're going to release two Joker movies. The audience is going to pick who the one the best one is, and we're just going to have him be now the main Joker. i well, like, mention- don't fucking do that.
1: The Joker, well, and I don't want to get into the whole thing, but the Joker is a better supporting character than a lead character. He should always be a supporting character. I don't think you yeah, should it, ever have a lead Joker movie.
2: Yeah, make a make a lead make a live action adaptation of the Killing Joke. Have him be a lead, but have him not be the lead.
1: Right, Batman's you know? still the lead. I, yeah,
2: exactly. You know, that's what they should do. That's honestly what they should do is they should get you know. Ben Affleck put some fucking de aging shit that Marvel does, make him look younger, get him fucking circa chasing Amy, have him be a young thirty year old or twenty eight year old Batman in you know the beginning of of what the make have him make mistakes, and then have fucking Bill Skarsgård, the guy I played Pennywise in the new It movie, have him be the young Joker, and, because he looks a lot like Jared Leto enough it would pass. He's, he's a good enough actor. He puts some fucking green hair shit and some white makeup. He looks more or less like Jared Leto's Joker without all the fucking tattoos and grills and the shit. Gangster, and then
1: have, the gangster Joker. Yeah.
2: yeah, and then you have, at one point, Jared Leto come in, take over that role, and so it's... A, but whatever. The whole point I was trying to make is that we need Kev and Ben back together. This well, fucking that's... breakup they've had...
1: Yeah, well, that's the the genesis of this campaign we've been running now for however many weeks it's been of the Kevin Ben reboot. It
2: personally, I don't need to see Ben in another movie of Kevin's. I would like that. That'd be awesome. Yeah, this is not about.
1: Original. Yeah, it's not about getting him in a Kev movie. This is just about getting to be friends again, get him talking well, again.
2: Well, more personally, I want to. I want. I want that old school Batman on Batman interview episode we were talking about three, fuck it, two hours ago, where the fuck it was, and have Kevin interview Batman.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, you know, Kev's always joked since they announced that Affleck was going to be Batman that he owns the Batcave, or no, he owns Wayne Manor because he bought Ben's house, you know, 15 years ago, whatever it is at this point. Um, but that, that's aside. I want to get back to the universe. Um,
2: Stuff looks really like confused.
1: No, she looks more bored than confused.
3: <laughs> like, okay, guys, what, what do we want to talk about?
1: <laughs> this is pod askew. I'm starting to think she doesn't listen to the show. Like, really? I'm just kind of getting there. <laughs>
2: Stuff. The key word that you have to always read is askew.
3: No, True. I know you guys go and you spin off, and I do listen to you guys, but I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> in for fuck's sake.
2: <laughs> What's that, Rico? She's also heard this shit come out of my mouth so many fucking times. She's like, Rico, you repeat yourself normally. This right? is normally on, like, on the internet. Stop it.
1: Does she think that's gonna stop because we're recording? And if she thinks that... Okay, fuck the recording. If you guys are going to stay together for any length of time, if she thinks that's going to stop... What's this if shit? Hey, I'm pragmatic. (laughs) Okay. That's all. You want me to to throw out the jinx? Fine, when you guys get married and have family and shit, you're still going to be talking like this and teaching your kids that crap.
3: Who's this fucking... Having kids and shit what are you talking about?
1: See I can't win either way here. This is not good for me.
2: Steph, you wanna you wanna answer this question for us? She's too busy laughing
1: at me. What question? <clears throat>
2: if we're having if we're getting married
1: having kids. Have you asked yet? I mean let's let's be fair about this.
3: <laughs> I don't see no ring on that discussion. finger. And um I am not a fan of marriage just the, in the institute of marriage it's it's like the last i don't need a contract telling me that i love him and i know I, I you know it and if it's all about well when you get married you get tax breaks and when you get married they'll have the legal right to and, you know, to do stuff when you're hospitalized and it's like, yeah, well I can make him a law for that. You're like, I don't need tax breaks. I'm good. Thanks. Like, I don't need legal side telling me that we are partners in life for the rest of our life. Thank you very much. And children, <laughs> no thanks. I, uh, I am not a fan of producing, A being inside of my body it grosses me out power to all the women who are like pro making life and making babies and having them and i i'm not there's i'm not against it it's just um not in my body thinks that's a multicellular virus that's feeding off of me and kicking my organs and shit fuck (laughs) that i am not a fan
2: (laughs) (laughs) cj how's your wedding planning going
1: Oh, just fine, thank you. Thank you.
2: <laughs> you listeners, you can't see us right now, but CJ I'm watching CJ, and CJ looks like he's just about to cry, and I am crying for laughing so hard. I know I've who's not coming to
1: my before. wedding because she's not gonna wanna be there, but
2: No, she all stuff I can speak for you on this one. You support Whatever everyone else wants to do. If you want to get married, she'll be at your wedding. If you want to fucking have a kid, she'll be at your bris. Or whatever the fuck. (laughs) But for her personally, and I I understand her point of view because she and I have talked about this. For a long time, I had the same point of view of marriage that she did. Which was, I view it as very clinical. I view it as very business-oriented and very shallow.
3: Archaic.
2: Settle, settle down, all right. You know, this is your first introduction. We don't want the internet to hate you immediately. You'll gradually later, but
1: you know, here's here's the thing. The one thing you 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 help me decide one definitive thing for my wedding. Traditionally, there's a part in the ceremony where they say, "If anyone has any objections, please speak now." <laughs> 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 I'm going to make sure that we don't do that. Because you are an incredibly <laughs> honest person, Steph, and I can't see you not going. Wait a minute!
3: Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no! It's not like that at all. I, I, yeah, I'm I, not like. like Rico, I'm not taking saying, any
1: risks uh, here. Like that's ha- not.
3: <laughs> everyone has the right to express their love for someone else and the way or the way that they were brought up or the way that they feel will fulfill them. And if marriage is that step for you, where you will feel fulfilled with Deb, that you go through with it and you get the rings and you do the whole ceremony and you get the legal contracting in. And that is the next step of, yes, I have achieved this in my life. I love you forever. This is the, this is what we, this is the next thing. Then that's I'm all for it. I will support you a thousand percent. I'm not gonna be standing up there saying this is archaic and I don't believe in this and why the fuck are you doing it? I'm never gonna do that.
1: No, that's gonna be at the Bachelorette party. Um no, I no, <laughs> no I,
3: I wouldn't do that either.
0: That's I, sabotaging. No,
1: I'm I'm just giving you a hard time. I know I know you well enough to know you wouldn't do any of those things, but you know, it's just
2: I, I gotta I gotta segue a little bit because I Please. I did go to I was I was dating a girl at one point and we did go to a, a wedding. It was out of state. We flew there everything. I'm not gonna go through all the major details because this all all this shit happened. But like there was all that kind of drama where the mother of the bride did not approve of the groom and his family. And there was like a lot of like petty bullshit like back talk and there's a lot of drinking and there's a lot of like we're above you your your son does not you know there's not even the same league as my daughter and vice versa and we and my ex and, and I we were literally staying with the Brian groom um as they were planning this wedding as they're just figuring this shit out and we literally had to come to the conclusion that we talked that myself as well, we all talked to the fucking priest who's officiating the wedding. Or he wasn't a priest, but whoever was officiating. Whatever him. he was, yeah. And, and we got to the point where we said, when you get to that point where you say, anybody object of this union, speak now forever, hold your peace. We had to tell him, don't even say that. Just say, okay, these people are getting married. Enough said. Shut your mouth. You have nothing to say. Mm-hmm. We're all here for this reason. And he more or less paraphrased that by saying anybody who w- wants to speak and destroy this happy union that we've been spending years looking forward to, shut up. And he very importantly looked at the mother Wow. And her mother. He looked at the mother and the grandmother because they were both like, I don't approve of this. And he just like looked at them like, keep your mouth shut. Nice. And everyone had more or less been kind of like hearing blurbs about the drama behind the scenes. So everyone burst out laughing and just started applauding like, that's awesome.
1: yeah, fuck you. Yeah, that's awesome. Hey, Steph, should I tell Rico the the idea that we're kicking around. I know I've shared it with you several weeks back, but should I fill him in or just let him ponder that?
3: (laughs) You can't leave it hanging like this on him. He will pester you for the rest of your life until it's drilled out in your teeth.
1: Yeah, but That that could be fun. (laughs) I can handle that. I can take it.
3: No, No, she's here. (laughs) No.
2: (laughs) <laughs> what was that, Rico? The guy, there was something going on? I will fucking mess to her for the rest of the fucking time she's here. You'd
3: be no. like, what was it? What did you guys talk about? Huh? What is it? You're gonna tell me?
1: Oh, you're so that you guy. Is
3: it bad? Is it good? Is it bad? Oh god, just tell me. You can't, you can't do a surprise on him.
1: No. Oh, you're and that, and
2: that guy. I'm, the- I'm gonna get shit in a couple weeks because my birthday's in a couple weeks, and I know she's gonna pull that shit on me. <laughs> She's like, I got you something for your birthday. I'm like, I know you did. What is it? Can I get it? What is it? Is it? Is it a video game? Are you giving me a PS4? You got me a PS4! She's like, I did not give you a PS4. I'm like, why the fuck did you give me a PS4? I want a PS4. What is it? You tell me now. Is it chocolate? I love chocolate. I'm just like, all over the fucking place. And she's like, okay, the surprise is I'm breaking up with you because you won't fucking give you a surprise.
1: Well, I'm going to be that asshole. I know what she's giving you. And I'm not going to tell you either. I fucking hate both of you. <laughs> well, I mean, you know some of what I'm I know, I know enough to torture him by saying I can. I know some of it. Well, I know I'm
2: getting late on my birthday. Does that count? Sure, there you go. Okay, I'll settle for
1: that. Okay. Everyone should have <laughs> birthday sex. I'm just saying. I agree with you. That should be like a mandate. <laughs> oh, yeah. Can I
2: divorce you both right now and not get married? Is that legal?
1: How do you divorce somebody you're not married to? That's <laughs> how so much I
2: don't want to get married to either of you right now.
1: Well, it's legal here. Is it legal? In Ca- it's legal in California, I think.
2: Um, this is
1: called a fucking... Uh, I, I, I'm, what is it? Tell me what the fuck it is. So, we have a friend of ours who is going through um, seminary school for a non-denominational church. And he as soon as we put our announcement uh, our announcement on Facebook that we were engaged, he immediately messaged me and asked me if he could do the wedding. And I'm I like And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I could be more than glad to do that. Um but now that we've switched venues to Vegas, I'm not 100% certain he's going to make it. So if he can't, I actually was going to pay for you to get that Universal Life Church thing and have you do this ceremony.
2: Do you really want me on stage? Like, I mean, First yeah, off, I, I'm honored.
1: I really kind of do.
4: <laughs> and I already talked to Deb, like, and she's on board. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. <laughs> Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Duggan Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson. Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Duggan Associates, this is Mickey Markey. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today.
1: So this is not just me, like, being a guy. Because I brought it up to Deb, like, three weeks ago or whatever it was. You don't really know what you're
2: asking here, buddy. Oh
1: no, I' pretty sure I do. As First you off, brush I your ordered, face,
2: <laughs> I you know what? If you could grow a beard this thick, you you would have to brush it thick.
1: I'd be jealous if I could grow a beard that thick because I can't. But anyway, so
2: um, I'm using stuff. brush to brush my beard. Yeah. Um. Hey, all
1: partners share yes. shit, okay?
3: My hair is clean. Excuse me. I was yeah, saying that my
1: for you, please, DJ. I'm not so sure about that. But anyway, I could say something, never mind. No. Um <laughs> You were starting first to say off, something I, else.
2: First off, I'm honored. I'm honored that you thought of me in that way. I I obviously if you if your friend can do it, go with your go with him. Um but if 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 it falls on me, I would be I'd be honored. I'd be more than happy to I You'd have to like send out some like fucking when you set up the invitations. be like, by the way, our uh, officiate has never done it before. He's also kind of an asshole and he's very loud mouth. Well, so, I, would if, if you, offended, then, I would help you. I would help you
1: write your script. Like I would help write what you say so that we can, you know, temper some of that.
2: You You know how much I love to improvise.
1: Yes, I do. And as long as someone like John C. Riley's not marrying us, I'm okay with that
2: would you like to hear that though like all right so uh as John C. Riley, I'm here to uh, officiate um c j and uh, uh uh debbie so uh here we all are gathered we're we're, we're at a church, but it, it's not going to be like an amazing church because I can't afford a church but um I just want to say um I, I, I'm I super excited to be here, you know, and I can't wait to uh, be a part of um, of this ceremony. Oh, wait, I'm already doing it. So, this is awesome. This is amazing. So, CJ, do you? Oh, you got cold feet. You didn't know I say anything. All right, Debbie, do you? Oh, he she's not saying anything either. Uh, well, I now pronounce you a uh, 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 man of life.
3: Oh, my God.
1: <laughs>
2: I realized the, the way to doing that is to just pretend your voice is in a blender.
1: Well, okay. okay.
2: Anyway. Wow, you gave the most criticism and said nothing.
1: <laughs> well, because I was so I was gonna say something and then and I figured it would hurt your feelings, so I was trying not to do that. So by
2: saying I could have said something that will hurt your feelings, but I'm not gonna say that. But I still acknowledge I could well, have said something. Well, because you.
1: Feelings. Coming in on it if you hadn't said anything, I wasn't gonna say anything, and then we were good, but then you had to go and say something, so really it's your fucking fault.
2: I thought you gave me the fucking opening to do a goddamn John C. Riley.
1: Well, I did, but I didn't realize it sounded like a cracked out Muppet. So
2: <laughs> John C. Riley sounds like a cracked up Muppet. He really does. <laughs> Alright. Have I mean, you ever heard Wreck have you
1: seen the trailer for Wreck It Ralph? Not the new one, no. I'm gonna wreck it. Alright, fair enough. Um we, we're so supportive of
2: my craft.
1: We went way we're so off the deep end at this point. Like I Well hold on, hold on. Now
2: that now that if your friend is unavailable and now that you're probably having second like guesses of if you want nah. me to do it. after a little bit I did. Why don't you fucking hit up Kevin?
1: Well, he's my second choice. I just don't think he's going to do it. Because I don't think he'll do it unless you I mean, no offense, but I think you can respect that, that he would be my second choice behind my friend. So you're, you know, third, but um... I'm honored. <laughs> No, but uh, look, unless unless it's add a Babylon or uh, uh, get old, I don't think he's going to do it. You know, like for real. I, I just don't think he's gonna just show up and do that. You know, so unless we're at one of those shows, I don't think he's gonna do it. We're sending him an invitation. We are sending him an invitation to the wedding. So I mean again, I don't think he's gonna show up, but and I I would be more surprised if he did than that he won't, but I am sending him one.
2: I think you'll probably get a strong chance if you invite Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is usually a crashing wedding, so you might just be like, Oh yeah, I'll definitely go.
1: You sure you're not talking about Bill Mary? No, Tom Hanks for sure.
2: Tom Hanks loves crashing weddings.
1: Really? I've never heard that. I mean, that's oh, yeah. awesome, but... And, it...
2: and, yeah, and Tom Hanks, I mean, hey, Tom Hanks is also. I mean, yeah, he's doing a lot of photos. he'll like, we drive by, he'll see a wedding. And he'll just jump out, run, and take a photo with the bride, then run back into his car. And they're like, what the fuck? That was Tom Hanks.
1: Oh, okay. That's already fun.
2: So if you just invite him and fucking, what's, what's her name? Rita? uh oh, Rita Rudner, I think and, it is. His wife, yeah, Rita, Rita yeah. Wilson. Uh, oh, yeah, maybe Wilson. Like, yeah, yeah I, I'm, I'm done, I'm, I'm done working with uh, Spielberg for today. I'll go to Vegas. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, I mean, it would be, it, like, it would. How much would you and I shit ourselves if Kevin Smith walked in that door with Schwabach?
2: Um, I will purposely not wear a white
1: suit for that reason. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's like Deadpool how, said, okay, he had the right idea. Maybe, he wore the brown pants. Maybe. Yeah, how <laughs> crazy
2: would it be though if Kevin Smith and Tom Hanks both showed up or like, <sighs> oh my god, uh, I got Forrest Gump and Ke- and Sal Bob. What the fuck? Who do I who do I gush over first? Who's dick do I suck first?
1: Okay, so here, here here's the here I'm not doing it this way, but this would be funny if I sent it as Kevin Smith and guest instead of Kevin and, and Jen to see if he would show up with Schwabach or Jay.
2: I think he purposely not bring Jay to Vegas for exactly the reason you think.
1: No, well, I mean they've they've done it, but anyway, but because I because such a homebody, I don't think so. But then again, he says now that Harley's all grown up, she's all about going around traveling with him again. So who?
2: No, you know who we should invite? We should invite Kevin and Ben.
1: Yeah, that'll be part of the campaign. Yeah, the Kevin Ben reboot. I'm telling you. That's a thing, people. We're going to get this to happen. I don't care if they just have lunch and nobody sees it. As long as... Because Kev will talk about it. Kev will talk about it. You know he will.
2: You don't want me for my impressions. You want me for those fucking random ideas I get.
1: It was my idea to begin with.
2: But I said invite them to the wedding.
1: Well, yeah. Okay. Fine. Okay. Are we, like... I actually think Ben bought property in Vegas, like, recently... Like I think he did. Oh, well, he
2: was a he was a gambler for a while. Like he was I all on like he... poker stick and shit.
1: Yeah, he was also an alcoholic, and that's not telling things out of turn. Like Jay and him were in the same room, at a thing in Malibu.
2: He's also currently fucking Batman. So yes, he's Batman. That means you'd have Batman and Fat Man at your wedding. Do
1: you think we could get them to do an episode, Fat Man on Batman at the wedding? I, I think that would be the Absolute unlikeliest of all scenarios. Okay.
2: And I think also Stephanie's looking at the camera being like, I'm now realizing this will be my last episode.
1: It might be your last day together. <laughs> <laughs> she actually has that look she's like, like when, am I, when am I driving home again? Like, how much longer till I leave?
2: I think she's also thinking, like, I'm hungry.
1: Well, no, I'm
3: thinking, like, there's a time difference, and it's getting late, on oh. a work day, evening. Pasha. Uh, That's you know whatever. I'm like old, okay? Jeez.
2: And he's like older,
1: haha. Aha. Uh-huh. And I'm hey, like,
3: yeah. Hey, I have, I have said that I've been like 30 since I was 16. Like, I'm just this old lady, okay? Just deal with it. Yeah, i I've,
2: I've been saying I look 45 since I was 13. I'm actually starting to look fucking 45. Yeah. Well, fuck you. I don't need you to agree with me. God damn it. You actually almost are 45.
1: No, I'm not. I haven't even broke 40 yet. Neither is
2: Stephanie. has doesn't even fucking hit 30, but she's been saying, she's like, I'm 30. I'm like, no, you're no.
3: not.
1: Well, I you're I, mean, I am this year. What's that? I so said I am this year. And I, I generally say if you're inside three months of your birthday, then you can round up. But that's just me.
2: Okay, so I'm definitely 27.
1: Yeah. It'll be more fun when you're 37. That's going to be a year we're going to milk you 10 years. Wait, <laughs> are you planning not to talk to me in 10 years? I just hope that
2: it, like by 10 years we can expand on this shit. We're like, you know, pull a Kevin. I'm I'm still do this will be our fucking, you know, smodcast, but I don't want to be like 37 and be like, all right, here's another episode of of Lot of skew what on earth can we ever talk about today we've talked about everything fucking everything
1: uh my money's on marvel or star wars cuz that seems to be where we go every fucking episode you <laughs> <laughs> know that
2: in, 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 in inevitable episode, uh crossover with star wars and marvel just say fuck it and join
1: no, that's the one thing you said you don't want to happen if you remember. so. And that's why I'll sound so depressed We're like, all right, another
2: episode of Pod uh, Askew. It's finally happened. I said it 10 fucking years ago, and Dizzy just said, fuck you, and did it.
1: <laughs> well, I was just talking about, cause I, I was hoping we would still be friends 10 years from now. Even if we're not doing this show, we're still milking the fact out of your 37.
2: Yeah, you and I could have a falling out. And then, like, when I turn 37, you'd be like, 37. I'm like, where the fuck have you been? <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds about right. Okay. All right. On an actual way of yeah. closing this.
2: Because yeah, I've been at this I, for a
1: while. Fuck you both, I'm hungry. We went off the rail hours ago anyway. So, like, actually, we went I, off the, I need to,
2: like, I want to play a video game and order a pizza. That's what I want to do.
1: That's what I did last night. Ooh. Did you it? Yum. Um, oh, by the way. That's what I was starting to tell you about earlier. No, 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 because you all like this. There's a game, the free game I got for being a Plus member, and I never finished my thought. It's a game called XCOM 2. I don't know if you ever played the first one, because the first one was on the 3. It's a strategy war game with aliens. So you're fighting against aliens, and you've got all this advanced weaponry and whatnot. But aliens are invading the world, and you've. It, you go into these different battles, and you can move certain amount of places, and you have certain weapons and whatnot. Anyway, the point is that when I put out the second one, the one I just got, you can custom create your soldiers. The first one you couldn't. You were just given soldiers, and you could use them, and that was it. This one you can custom create soldiers, so I went and made a bunch of people. Yours looks just fucking like you. Really? Yeah, I got the but but I've got the fedora and the dark sunglasses. But it's got the beard, and, you know, the short the, crop hair. Uh,
2: uh, <laughs> yeah, I love how you trailed up, like. And the uh, never mind.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> Devs Devs is the scariest one. It's a fucking mirror image. It's fucking frightening how much I got that one I look like her.
2: Well, at some point you should uh, take a picture of it sense of me so I can actually see the fuck. Yeah, I look you're like wearing here
1: a here. brown fedora with sunglasses. It's you know.
3: You, you want a picture of your digital
2: doppelganger? Oh, yeah. fuck yeah. That's what we should do. You should just take those two characters, make your character and my character, and have that be the fucking logo.
1: Yeah, I think the game makers might have an issue with that. Uh, well, fuck, I'm out of
2: ideas. Um what I, Steph. I,
1: Steph's what the I idea is, person.
2: Uh, is there a way where you transfer fucking games to me? What's that? Is there a way for you to transfer games to me?
1: I don't think You'd so, have to but you buy could...
2: buy it and then... You'd have to buy it and, like, send it to me as a gift or something, right? Right.
1: Right. I could do that. But you couldn't play this one but anyway.
2: If, no, but if there was, like, a PS3 game that you got for free that you're done playing, which will be, to, like, I don't know. I'm just I'm just asking. There's a way to do it. it but,
1: yeah, there's a way to do it. Let me, when we're done recording, I'll tell you a way we could do it.
2: Because if you're done playing that fucking Simpsons game, I would fucking play the shit out of that. The what game? The Simpsons arcade game. Oh. Do you still have that?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, even if I don't have it on my system, it's in my library, so you should be able to go get it. yeah, okay, cool. so all right, well, Steph's
2: just like I love stuff ping pong. she's like <laughs>
1: yeah well, speaking of staff, thank you for joining us and putting up with this insanity for the last almost three hours.
3: Oh, yeah, No, thank you for having me on and. Dealing with my nonsensical answers to your legit questions.
1: I didn't think there was any nonsensical answers. Did you, Rico? I didn't get no, any you of did. those. No, I, I'll get that <laughs> off camera. Yeah, that probably true. But for for recording purposes, no, for, I didn't for, get that. For
2: this, she she did, she did a fantastic job.
1: I um, think so. And, and for, all, for
2: all you listeners, if you are curious of what stuff looks like and how uh, she and I debate, you can check out my YouTube channel. Uh, Rico's ranch, where she and I have done a couple of juice together, yeah. namely three. So, if you're curious of what Stephanie feels about the film's Goodfellas, and that is a what type of movie, stuff? A dick flick. Thank you.
3: It's, that it's was, not uh, a chick flick. It's a dick flick.
1: That was a yeah. genius thing, by the way. When he said that, like while back, it was awesome. Yeah. Oh,
3: thank uh, you. I actually was really. Um, I, I didn't open
2: my mouth and you realize that was not an issue.
1: Yeah, I was, yeah, I was
3: no,
2: say, does but, it strike but you, you voted
3: me out to, to tell you what it was. And I was just like, all oh, right, I'll say it. But I was just like, oh,
2: I don't know. Well, if you feel like being offended by Stephanie, then you could check out that Goodfellas YouTube rant uh, on Rico's Rants, as well as she and I uh, talk about Halloween, the original 1978 film. As well as Star Wars: the Last Jedi, which unfortunately is a film. Um, it's a movie, and I will. Yeah, it's a movie. Thank you for correcting me. Um, fuck you for correcting me, but thank you for correcting me. Um, I, I also, <laughs> I also would like to talk about um, how I just uploaded a new rant recently, where because I mentioned Halloween. Ah, am I still supposed to be talking?
1: I thought so. Yeah, I thought you were. Just- saying things are you done yeah so uh if you're curious of uh
2: more video footage and audio footage if, if you're curious about audio footage um of uh me and stuff you can check them out on Reakless Rants on youtube
1: <laughs> shut up <Stephanie. laughs>
3: audio
0: footage oh it's great
1: all right guys thank you sir, for putting up with this we knew it was going to be um a, a, an experiment. Um, well, our first,
2: bumpy, our first... Yeah, I will again.
1: But, um, so, thank you guys for listening. We do appreciate it, and we will talk to you in the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.
3: Hiya, everyone. Stephanie here with a few thank yous and FYIs on how you can get in touch with and follow Podaskew. Oh, yeah, and the guys. Let's start with a huge shout-out thanks to Dubbed in English for the opening theme music, 96 Reasons. If you're trying to find them online, they've dropped off the face of the earth. <laughs> Just kidding. But no, really, their music is offline now, so send an email request to podaskew at gmail.com or CJ's Twitter handle at m underscore blade, and he'll throw you a copy of the full song and or the whole EP, Plan 9. Also, let's give a big thanks to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme, Askew. I encourage you to discover more of Samuel's masterfully manipulated rhythms on SoundCloud at www.soundcloud.com Samuel-Lemons. I don't know how you're listening to this now, but you can find other Pod Askew episodes in several places, starting with iTunes and Stitcher, where a quick high star rating from you goes a long way in helping us hit the top of the charts or you may prefer Google Play Music. Don't want to be strapped down by an app? Then find us on podcast search engine, Listen Notes. Type in P-O-D-A-S-K-E-W, yes, that's all one word, into any of the aforementioned searches, and Podeskew will pop right up on whatever screen you're using. And of course, there's our founding site that started it all, Podcast Garden, at www.podcastgarden.com slash podcast slash By the by, if you're looking to host your own show, Podcast Garden is the ideal place for all your podcast hosting needs at a very affordable price. Now, if you want to agree with or yell at the guys directly, follow them and the show on Twitter. For the show, at Pod Askew. For Rico, at Rants Rico. And again, CJ is at Im underscore Blade. Finally, let's not forget our biggest thank you is to you for listening, subscribing, rating on iTunes and Stitcher, and promoting our show by being our fans. CJ and Rico truly appreciate your time, and look forward to bringing you another episode soon.
1: Yay, yeah, Rico. I got nothing, man.